It's me, Brian. That's Brian. Brian. That's a good goddamn fucking song, Brian. You like it? You know how to pick him. Who is that? Mike Posner. Mike Posner. This is the guy who became famous over the internet? Yes. Wow. That's pretty goddamn good. We got AOL Instant Messenger going on in the background or something? Yeah, it's something going on. I don't know what it is. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much once again for tuning in to the, <clears throat> to the podcast. As always, we are sponsored by The Fleshlight. My special guest today is Rick Schroeder, ladies and gentlemen. Rick Schroeder. Thank you. I know Rick from a million different things. The, the first time I was ever exposed to you, I was a little kid, and uh, my stepfather took me to see The Champ, and I cried like a bitch. Really? Oh. That's oh, a good story. Isn't oh. It? You know I'm remaking you that. You got me so you know I'm remaking I was a little that. kid. You know I'm remaking that. Are you doing it again? Really? In the world of, hopefully, your world. In the MMA world. Wow. Dana's uh, got it. Really? Wow. wow. Holy That's shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't have the death, though. Yeah, he can. He's never going to go you know to death. Yeah, yeah, they will. He, really? You know why? They, why? Because um, the way I got it written, he has a pre-existing condition from a motorcycle <laughs> accident. That's why he dies. Oh, okay. Because he takes a blow to the head. You crafty Hollywood people. <laughs> you just know how to trick us. The champ. Have you, ever, have you ever seen one of these things before? No. This is the fleshlight. And what it is is, you know, it's a, a masturbation technology device. It's uh, to make... Jerking off better, and and what is you it? Jerk how off you, into this thing. How do you like collect? Does it collect the fluid nobody, there? And nobody's the, had sex with it. You can touch it. Does it collect the fluid in the bottom or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and is what like, I say. Is it recyclable? Well, you release what, the kraken of shame. Is how I describe it. You go like that. And it just slithers out into this thing. Show him fish in the bucket. Show him fish oh, in the bucket. Oh, this is his move. This is called fish in the bucket, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. For you watching on iTunes, when you pull this fleshlight out, it, it's you know it's really soft fake vagina material and so when you pull it out of this tube that looks like a flashlight you see what looks like you know the, the actual device is like it looks like a jellyfish sort of a thing wow what does that retail for man i think it's like 60 bucks or something like that but if you uh, order through my website you get 15 percent off supposedly supposedly we got to figure out how that works yeah make sure but um hopefully they're selling them because the fucking things work man you know everybody beats off have you there's, tried there's it the, have I tried it? Have you tried today? It? <laughs> is, did, you, did you stutter and just say today? I haven't fucked it today. The one, the one that Why I'm would you try it? You have the most beautiful wife. Yeah, that's yeah. all well and good, son. <laughs> I know his wife. Stop getting crazy. <laughs> Let's just be realistic. You know, you have to be able to use your mind on occasion. You can't always fuck the same person. You know, you have to fuck someone else with your brain. The flashlight does not talk. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> it's not even that. It's just like there's times where you just—it's like a maintenance thing. You just gotta just gotta beat off. Like you don't want to have sex. You don't have the time to get intimate. You just look. I don't need to get rid of some loads here. That's right. Bam. This now, I, I could understand that. You know, when you're 18 in the shower in the morning, like brush your teeth, jack off. You don't understand that as a grown. But I don't understand that as a four-year-old. It just—I think my HGH levels crashed. Oh, no. you gotta start doing squats, son. <laughs> gotta get on them deadlifts, son. Kettlebells, man. Rick Schroeder just started doing jujitsu. He uh, is uh, taking it now, and uh, you've been taking it for like three days. I've had uh, four, four classes, class. four four days with That's Eddie, fucking with your awesome. teacher Eddie Bravo. Yeah, he's uh, he, Rick Schroeder's learning how to strangle bitches. Have you had a ringworm yet? How about that? That's I heard right. about Tell this. him. Yeah, listen, I got some soap for you. I'm going to give it to you before we leave. I wanted to have it out for the podcast, but I forgot. It's called Defense Soap, yeah. and you can go to defensesoap.com. 
I have no affiliation with them. The guy who uh, owns it, Guy Sacco, is just this really cool guy who made this great product. And it's all about keeping your skin healthy when you do jujitsu. Because when you do jujitsu, you're you're getting scratched yep. and you're rolling around. There's a lot of abrasions all over your body. And if you don't wash with like a good healthy soap, you can have like you get infections. You can right. get like ringworm. And people don't tell you about it. It's fucking really annoying. You have to find out like from other people that do jujitsu. Like my friend Ari had a staph infection on his knee. And his knee had swollen up. We were playing pool, and he's walking around the pool table with this like weird limp. So I go, what's going on, man? And he goes, I got a spider bite. And I go, oh, shit. Let me see it. So he pulls his pants up. I go, dude, that's a staph infection. Wow. Like, he thought it was a spider bite because it was this big, pus-filled red mark. It looked like he had gotten poisoned with something. It looked like there was like you know right. venom in there or something. So if I hadn't noticed that, it probably could have got systemic, and he would have had to be in the hospital with IV and right. you know intravenous you know antibiotics. It's really really dangerous stuff. What's the ringworm thing? Is that it's the it's same not a real thing? Worm, it's a fungus. Right? No, it's called no no. It's the same thing as athlete's foot. It's really the same exact fungus. It's just different parts of your body. Okay. And what what ringworm is? It's like it grows and it looks like a ring. You know when it starts to infect you, like a big circle on your body, and that's how you crop circle yeah. skin. Yeah, it's usually in circles. Yeah, there's some gnarly dudes at the gym that you really don't I mean you don't want to sweaty guys on top of you it's kind of it was weird to get <laughs> it was weird at first it's weird as fuck man I do it's it every day especially no gi. but I do it I think of it you know you don't even think of it really as a dude you think of it as like a problem you think of it as like yeah. here's this you know there's a this thing that's moving around that I have to dissect you know, I have to, I have to dissect this guy. I have to, I have to figure out how to lock him down. I have to figure out how to hold him in place. Figure out how to take his arm. You got what happened there? Major volume, boom. What'd you do there, Brian? Huh? Now my volume's gone. Your volume's gone? Yeah, you just fucked with something. There you go. That's better. Oh, it's sensitive. Wow, mine's way loud. Oh, that's better. I'm gonna back off the mic. Like. Back off the mic, son. <laughs> so yeah, I'm loving the jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. So Rick Schroeder's out there strangling bitches. You got tapped by your own son though. That's sad. Really? I, I could have. Come on. Could have got him. I could have got him. All right. Should have got him then. I did. Next time I will. Let me tell you something. You have kids. You can't let them tap you. <laughs> my other son though, <laughs> my eighteen-year-old son Holden. Yeah. He actually did get me. Well, Holden seems like a, a he's a, a big, strong, strapping fella, yeah. and he's just starting to come into that. Mm -hmm. So he's like really into it. You know, when I talked to him about jujitsu, I was like, dude, you would love it. He he would love it, and love he needs, it. he needs that gym in Salt Lake. Yeah, he'll. Jeremy Horn has a gym in Salt Lake. He's going there for college, right? Yeah, he just yeah. went there last week. Yeah. so he needs to go. Well, we'll get him. We'll get him set up with Jeremy because Jeremy's got a, a, a killer gym, and Jeremy's like a really good coach. He's a, like one of the best guys you could ever learn from because Jeremy has always been like not not like a physically talented guy. He's not like a natural athlete, not like super strong or explosive. Just really smart and really technical. You know, right. that's what he's always been. Like, he's always been real clever on the ground. He's just a great guy to learn from. Those are the best guys to learn from. The guys that are really strong, sometimes they're getting away with, like, a lot of it is just through athleticism, and they're not quite as technical as the guys who are, like, naturally not that strong. Mm. Those are the best guys to learn from. Mm. And Jeremy Horn is one of the nicest guys in the world. Cool. So okay, Holden will love it. He's going to be a killer. He's going to come back. He's going to... Oh, he's a beast already. He's going to get you. He's already a beast, still. What did he tap you with? Um... It was an arm. It was an arm bar. He got me an, got arm, an arm bar. He got me an arm wow. bar. And, Damn. And Luke got me on a rear Did you think about choke. not tapping? Um, yeah, but I, I I know my son, and I could feel the emotion. Like, the boys and their dads have this thing. Like, especially when boys turn like 18, 19, 20. Yeah. They have to go through this thing where they, like, have to push their dads away. Yeah. Like, for some reason, it's part of the natural 
transition into manhood. Yeah, it really? is, right? Yeah, and he was going, he's going through that right now because he's 18. And I could tell he wanted to hurt me. So I knew I needed wow. to, I knew I needed to just. That's so crazy. Yeah, and I said, I tapped. And he goes, you can't tap. Wow. <laughs> I, said, I said, no. I said, hold on, I tapped. He's like, oh, he just wanted to just. Wow, he didn't want you to tap. He didn't want me to tap. That's ridiculous. Why would he not want you to tap? If he got you, he got you. He wants to break your arm? Well, I don't think he wanted to break my arm. Well, that's what happens when you don't get to tap. He (laughs) didn't want to give me a little more pain before I tapped out. Wow, that's fucking weird, man. I don't know how I'd handle that. I'd have to beat the fuck out of him. (laughs) I think I might have to beat the fuck out of him. You're lucky you have girls. I'm lucky. I don't know how I'd deal with that. I might have to choke that dude. (laughs) I'm mad to be like, we're going to figure some shit out here. You know? Damn. You don't want to have to go through that. Some fucking young buck running around your house with his chest puffed out and not listening to you. Ah, uh, well, know. you know what? You got to put the hooks in, son. Dude, I've got to let him listen do. another way. I got to get through him. <laughs> Just squeeze him out. You got to be able to consistently squeeze him out. That's what's most important. You can't just squeeze him out every third time. You got to be able to squeeze them out every time you guys grapple. Well, my goal, you my get goal is, and choke I'm going to be at, I'm going to be at Eddie's Mondays and Wednesdays for the next six months. Yeah, and I'm going to learn some serious technique. You can, and, and he and I are going to, we're going to go at it again eventually. Well, wow. this is what you need to do. That's All you great. need to do is be consistent. Be consistent. That's the most important thing. Be consistent and spar a lot and, and get on some sort of a strength program. Yeah. Get on like... Lifting. Kettlebells are the best because they're really lightweight. You can do it with like a 30-pound kettlebell, 35-pound kettlebell. You get a tremendous workout. I have one workout that I do. It's just one 35-pound kettlebell. You call it a farmer strength. Yeah. The way you, you, you lift. get You're using your, you use your whole body and it just forces you to use everything like athletically as opposed to like like just bench pressing just isolating your yeah, triceps that stuff doesn't really enhance your your ability to move things mm-hmm. it's like when you have like a, something that you have to control and you have to balance it you then you develop like a different kind of a strength a strength that has like stability and balance and a strength that and multiple adjust. muscle muscle yeah. groups using and them. muscles adjust when things are going wrong and when you're getting tired you know that's what's really important you do that you'll choke the fuck out of that kid just <laughs> what I'm talking about get that little motherfucker shut <laughs> up you got to be able to get him all the time it's very important man you have to let him know that every time you roll you're going to choke the fuck out of him that's just a foregone conclusion there's certain dudes that you can you just own like when i first started doing jujitsu there was this kid who was this purple belt who was really good and this dude owned me Every time we rolled, he owned me. It was a foregone conclusion that I was going to tap. I sucked. I was a white belt. I didn't know what I was doing. And he was a really good purple belt. And he was strong as fuck. And he used to like to run through me. That's what he liked to do. Just fucking squash me as quick as he could. And it was like, God damn. But there was a... But you kept There was an it. order... Yeah, well, he, you know, he left and I went to another school. The school that we were at closed down. But the important thing was... I knew every time I rolled with that guy, unless I get way, way, way better, I had to get way better than I was, that guy was going to fuck me up every time. So there's like, I didn't want to roll with him because he owned me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to own your kid. Own that little motherfucker. <laughs> Just what you got to do. Get his neck. Just shut the fuck up. That's what you got to do, dude. A lot of it's psyching out, too. You might want to like shave a mohawk and stuff. Uh, you start like spitting on him and get stuff. Get some when tattoos. Spiderweb tattoos. Look out, son. Yeah. Get yourself one of the Mike <laughs> yeah. Tyson face tattoos. Hold your gun sideways. Let bitches know you ain't playing. <laughs> Rick Schroeder's in town, motherfucker. <laughs> Awesome. What they say, Godman didn't make man equal. Smith and Wesson did. So well, you know, that's, you're, that's you're always um, my fallback. Rick is uh, one of the, a very unusual Hollywood guy. 
you're not, um, you know, everybody wants to say that, like he's not a Hollywood guy, but you're not a Hollywood guy. You're a dude who had a ranch out in Colorado. Yeah. I know you love to hunt. Yeah. Like you love a lot of like manly shit. Jiu-jitsu oh, yeah. is right up your alley. Totally, man. I mean, I, I spear gun hunt. Yeah, uh, you do crazy and... he, he got back from Africa and showed me all this fucking shit he killed. Went on a great safari with my son. Uh, fly airplanes. Yeah, he's taking me. We're gonna go pig hunting. Nice. We just have to figure out. Well, it's more than pigs. Actually, we're gonna do some. We're gonna do a buffalo. I'm not uh, doing anything. I can't eat bison. You can eat you bison. Can eat bison. Okay. bison yes, burgers. bison. Mm. You can. But he's I'm just gonna... saying, you guys kill shit. You can't eat. He's gonna eat gonna everything that. that he kills. The only so. shit that I can't that I would kill that I couldn't eat is like shit that I, I think like coyotes that kill cats and shit. I could kill a coyote. You right. know, like I've had cats. Yeah, fuck coyotes. Yeah, I've had. I've, I've you know my dog got killed by a mountain lion in Colorado. When so. are we going hunting? When, are you, gonna when do you have time? We're gonna figure it out right after my book. I'm supposed to be done with my book by October 15th. Because so November would be a good that. time. Yeah, to hunt. Right? It'll be cooler, and we can hunt deer, right? We can hunt deer, Fucking pig, deer. Dude, I like the way deer taste. I want to do it because I've been a meat eater my entire life, and I've taken no responsibility for my desire to consume meat. You know, I have not felt any remorse. You know, from pulling a trigger and seeing an animal die, I haven't made a connection, a real connection between what you're doing when you're eating meat. And I think as a, a person who thinks, I think that's actually probably important to try out. I well, think you know it's what? very important. You know, hunting gathering was our past. Yeah. You know, with some men especially, hunting gathering. And like the further we get away from that, that vibe of hunting and gathering and providing and testing ourselves like that, I think the more out of touch we're becoming with who we are. Do you know book, why I think that is? I think the world and technology have evolved faster than people. And I think there's certain reward systems that are set up in the human mind to uh, ensure that we're going to continue to do certain things, like that we're going to continue to want to fuck, that we're going to continue to want to hunt. Like you get like a response from hunting. I know I do from fishing. I've never been hunting, but I've been fishing. And there's some primal thing about pulling a big fish out of the water. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking good. Knowing that you're going to eat this thing, like you just went out into the wild, another world, okay, floating around on a fucking ocean, and you pulled something out of that world, and now you're going to eat it. That's like, going to give you life. Yeah, there's, family you life. Have, there's a little there's a energy that's attached to that. Like you feel good about it. Well, you know, if the truth is if hunting, gathering societies had succeeded, they, were, they, they haven't succeeded because they were replaced by mass farm production societies. Well, they Surplus. Surplus changed everything. What changed everything was the ability to stay in one place. People have like this sort of a nomadic genetic connection. There's a guy who lives in uh, Alaska, and they chronicled him on... You ever see VBS.TV? You ever go to that website? No. Fucking phenomenal website. There's, this, there's a series called The Vice Squad, or The, the Vice Guide, and they, they, they do all kinds of weird shit. Like They go to like Africa, and they go all over the world, North Korea, but the one of the re really coolest ones... Was they went to this guy who lives by himself and his wife in a cabin out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he lives around bears, and he all he does all day is hunt and bring food back. Catch fish and smoke Catch them fish, for the Catch fish, bring it back. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what he does for vegetables, because he's like, you know, it's frozen up there. I mean, he's, he's eating fucking pine cones. I don't know what he's eating. I mean, I know he gets some supplies dropped to him. Yeah. This Flour. guy, he never saw 9-11. Huh. He hasn't even seen a, a photo of it. Off the grid. These are guys. There's he's guys off totally the grid. Totally off the grid. There's guys that are doing that out there, and, and but he's just. But he's like so off the grid, and he says he's extremely happy, and he's and he's like very articulate. He's not like a crazy guy. Yeah, he's a very articulate guy. He's been doing this for a long time, and he says that as man gets further away from his nature, like this hunter gatherer nature, yeah. you 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 like lose. 
your connection with the earth. You lose your happiness. And he thought that that's the reason why people, you know, like so many people are depressed and so many people hate what they do. Hunter and ga- hunter and gathering, like the, you're gonna love that. You get it. There's like a visceral response. Like your genes get it. Yeah, yeah, and it clears your mind. I mean, when you're out trying to provide food for yourself, your family, your friends, and if that's really all you're focused on, then it's all this other stuff and doesn't sort of add up anymore. You know, it doesn't count, doesn't really matter. And so hunting gathering, I mean, that's it's really where we came from, but we're a dying breed, hunting gathering people. So do you think that that's one of the reasons why society, I mean, it really does make sense, right? That that's one of the reasons why people in society are so depressed is that we are living a life like technology and society has gotten so far past where our genetics are. And our gen- genetics still require some acts for us to feel good. Yeah. You know, they, they have like there's a set in, you know, a reward system in place for doing things like sex feels good so that you make babies. Food feels good so that you keep eating and you survive. Yeah. And th- all these reward systems are set up. And if you take a few of them out without correcting the body. Yeah. Like you, you're going to have like the, these holes. You're going to have these problems. Yeah. These voids are there and then yeah. they're, they're filled with other things that. Um, are, are probably not nearly as healthy or good. Um, Isn't other- that a fascinating idea, though? That it's like it really is like you're looking at evolution. I mean, you're looking at it. You you can tune back into it. Like if you lo- if you look at like the way it's set up, it's set up to make sure that we do certain things. And if you take these certain things away, you you the, the body gets fucked up. Like it gets like we, we there's things we're missing like people who don't have sex. I've always said this like it doesn't matter how religious you are. If you're not having sex, you, you have sexual organs and you're not using them. Like do you not you don't want to experience any pleasure. You don't want to you don't want to like exchange love with somebody like mm-hmm. that. You're going to break. You're not, that's not good. That's no. not good at all. No, sex is good. This, I think we can agree. All the natural sex things. Is Food is good. <laughs> I mean, it, there's, there's all these reward systems that are set up. It's just, it's really fascinating that so few of us are tuned in to, to the hunter-gatherer thing that you are. Yeah, man, I mean, I grew up, hunting is like breathing for me. You know, it's like, it's just part of my life. And I bow hunt, and I hunt with shotguns, I hunt with rifles, I hunt with blowguns, I hunt with spear guns. I just hunt. I just have to, and you know, one of the, one of the, Geronimo, I think, was the, the great Indian warrior when he was finally caught. And put on the reservation, they said to him, so now, Geronimo, what, what are you going to do now? There's no more hunting for you. And he goes, no, we will hunt mice because we're hunters and oh. we have to hunt. And, and that's just sort of, it's in your blood. Hunting. That's a dude that needs a hobby. That shit's ridiculous. <laughs> you got to go hunting mice. How about you play chess, son? Right. All right. Settle down. We're going to go hunt mice. What? How about, leave the fucking mice alone, man. <laughs> It's wow. not necessarily always the kill, though. It's like the, the right. pursuit of, of something. So do you feel like when you do it, when you, when you kill something and then get to eat it, do you feel like did, does it triggers some sort of like a primitive reward system that you, you feel? You feel it? You know, funny enough, I actually don't like to eat a lot of what I kill. What? Which is... Oh, that's which, right. We had this conversation. You're like beef. It's for dinner. <laughs> I like beef. But none of my meat that I've ever killed goes to waste. I always give like my... Like I don't particularly like deer or venison meat because it's so lean. Right. I like fat. I like, I like um, ribeye steaks that are just right. full of marbling. I so too. Mm. when I when I hunt, I mean I do clean the meat and take care of it. And I always donate it to somebody, a friend or family or somebody that needs it. But... Um, it's it's really the pursuit and the capture of the game that I get the the um, 
reward from, not right. the actual taking a bite of it. Really? You know what I mean? It's See, I, I get that too, but I think I think there's something in deer meat. I think there's something in deer and elk, and this is hear me, hear me out, this sounds totally crazy. But I think the things that are hard to catch are better for you. I think that if you got a cow that's just hanging around being a fat fuck and you walk right up to him and shoot him in the head, I don't see how that's good for you. I mean, I mean it is good, it tastes delicious and everything, and I eat steak like anybody, but I think it's better to eat deer because they're hard to catch. Yeah, There'll but when effort involved. When it flees, yeah. be really, you know, wouldn't you want to kill fleas all day, though, for the same reasoning? Oh, my God. No, because you're not <laughs> eating them. They're not animals that are prey, you psycho. Please. They're hard Where'd to catch. Where'd that come from? Brian, what are They're you hard t- to catch. What are you saying? They're to not catch- hard. You could squash them. Have you ever tried fingers. to catch a flea? It's hard. I don't think I've ever seen a flea. Brian, there's a thing called free spray. Free spray. <laughs> flea spray. I can't even say it. You could fucking kill billions of them with so a stroke of a hand. When you're ready to go hunting, let me know. Yeah, where we're going to go. I, I, I definitely want to go hunting for deer. We'll do another podcast when we get back. When I lived in Colorado, deer were everywhere it was crazy and all these fucking liberals and hippies in, in boulder nobody's shooting any of these deer so they're so relaxed they're just standing there big fucking 10 point bucks just standing on the side of the road looking at you and i stopped the car and i'm like really i, I rolled down the window and i'm talking to the deer i go really really he wasn't scared of me at all just looking at me like what bitch that's awesome what they're fucking huge, man. And they have elk. When uh, we went, we looked at some property in Evergreen because I was convinced that that was my move. I needed to move to the mountains. I'm like, yeah. That was my. Uh, I'm was trying to get you to convinced. move to friggin' Topanga. I love it. If I, well, let's not talk about that on the internet where uh. fucking psycho stalkers are listening. <laughs> Topago, Wisconsin? Yeah. What? Um, anyway. Evergreen. Oh, when we were looking at property in Evergreen, there's a fucking herd of elk that wandered. They had photos. They wandered down this certain path. They walk through the fucking main street in town every year. And there's like hundreds of them, and they're fucking huge. (laughs) Like, how badass is that? Like, you're standing there, and as you're standing there, a herd of elk just walk through the fucking town. It's totally not natural, though. I mean, really. I mean, where I hunt elk and deer and stuff, man, they're just wild, so... It's, it's kinda, not natural for them to walk through the town? It's not wor- natural for not have a fear of man. Oh, yeah. Of course it's, it's not it's natural. Not, it's not natural. Yeah, well, the problem is, I, somehow or another, this town was built on a path that they always take. The migration thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess maybe there's also, there's more fear of mountain lions than there are of people. So they, they figure, look, at least we're around these crazy assholes. <laughs> One of us is getting shot. We're not all going to get picked apart by a fucking flock of mountain lions. Is that what mountain lions? Packs. 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 No. Yeah. no they don't even, they travel solo anyway. No packs. Have, maybe, they'd like, packs. maybe they'd be like they don't that have spider. Oh. There's spider they found in the Amazon. You ever seen that? There's a spider they found in the Amazon that attacks in packs. It's the only <laughs> spider in the world. They attack thousands of them at once. So they make these gigantic nests, Whoa. huge spider webs, where like like a deer could get stuck. And whenever really? yeah, and they kill much larger things. They kill rats That's and sick. all kinds of crazy. That's shit. cool. It's the Amazon. The, the Amazon is there's a there's a BBC documentary about the Amazon, a two part series that I watched once. I still have it on VHS. I can't find it on DVD. Like they don't have it. It's fucking phenomenal. They this, go into the Amazon, yeah, and that's where they show these these spiders. Like, there, there's shit that's evolving in the Amazon right now. What the Amazon was is it used to be like fields, and then it became a rainforest like overnight. Not overnight, but really quickly. Yeah. So a lot of animals got stuck inside this rainforest, and they evolved. Like there's a, an antelope that swims. It's got little short legs, and it swims like up to 100 yards underwater, and it eats fish. And it's a fucking antelope. That's crazy. Why did it do that? Because it gets stuck there in the water, and they had to figure out another way to eat. Oh, like there's, yeah. there's a fish that fucking climbs out of the water, walks... 
till it finds the next pawn and jumps in. That's pretty sick. Dude. There's Life, so man. much crazy shit there. It's all these animals that are adapting to this, you know, just fucked up change in the environment. It's badass. It's so awesome. Oh. But the spider, anyway, they, they found one spider. They've never thought spiders did this before, but they found this one spider that acts as a pack. That's sick. Like so killer bees, but killer enormous killer spider webs. And these little fucking mice get stuck in them and shit. And they, they just swarm on them. Thousands of spiders. And you're like, fuck. And you just think, what if that was me? What if it's in the middle of the night, I'm going to take a piss, and I still, what is this? Oh, fuck. Ah! Sounds like hallucinations. And a fucking million Some spiders have. tracking you. Did you see that photo I posted the other day on Twitter of the spider in my backyard? I went in yes. the back. What it, was it, that? It was this did you, big. Did you identify it? No, it looked like the predator's face. That's what it looked like. Yeah, you, where's Whoa. the picture? It's on, on my Twitter, Twitter yeah. Twitter.com slash redband. Yeah. You can find how, how many days ago? Probably like a week ago. A week ago. Oh, I'll, I'll retweet good it. Good luck. I'll retweet You'll it. You'll have to retweet I'll retweet it, it tonight. Dude, you're asking too much, son. You're asking for research. I'll retweet it tonight. Uh, spiders scare the fuck out of me, man. Yeah, I, I found five scorpions in my living room once. Five. Scorpions? Yeah, there was like a nest. Yeah, they have scorpions out here, man. Really? Yes, I've seen them many, Never many, many, one. many, many times. And the little ones, they're very dangerous. They'll fuck you up, man. Tarantulas, right? Rattlesnakes. Tarantulas all the time. Rattlesnakes all the time. We have yeah. rattlesnake fencing. You know, my, my two pit bulls, both of them had gotten bitten by rattlesnakes when I had them. Oh. These fucking rattlesnakes are dangerous, man. They're all over the place. Yeah, when I lived in Calabasas, I always found snakes all around the ground, just like eaten yeah. by other animals, like if coyotes. If you fuck or something. up and step on one accidentally, you got to be real careful when you're hiking. We went running. I went running with the dogs, and we run. There's this hill that we run. This dirt road. And when we were running down the hill, I was like, oh, here we are running over this log. And as I'm running over the log, it's a fucking giant rattlesnake. <laughs> I realized as my feet were running over it, I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Dude, there's a rattlesnake as fat as my arm. Wow. It was giant. The biggest rattlesnake I've ever seen. Oh. I was like, holy fuck. I mean, it was fat, dude. It was fat. It was like a bitch. It was like if that thing got you, to be like, fuck. Feel the hot lava of the fucking venom going into your hey, bloodstream you, immediately. Do you know that those that cult out in um, Virginia that actually holds snakes and um, that's part of their religion. If they don't Shit. get bite, bit by the rattlesnake, then that means they're like pure and stuff. Oh my wow. god! And so there's this preacher guy who's in prison right now because his, he wanted to kill his wife. <sighs> so he stuffed her mailbox full of rattlesnakes, <sighs> and she opened it up and put her hand in and got bit. And he goes, oh! went to jail for attempted wow. murder. Oh! Wow. <laughs> Can you God damn, that's some fire and brimstone type shit. Yeah. That's the only that's type fun. of shit that like a preacher would fit, think of. Huckleberry Finn shit. Yeah, but it puts some fucking evil snakes. It is like Huckleberry <laughs> Finn, like some Tom Sawyer <laughs> shit. The ride. He killed her by putting a moon full of rattlesnakes. <laughs> she reached in to get the mail, and they snapped a hold of her and sucked the life out. Angela and Lansbury somehow involved with this whole thing. There's something primal about doing that. Getting some evil animal to do your dirty work. Setting somebody up. That's not, that's like it's that's like way cooler than just shooting somebody. You know, you set somebody yeah. up with a fucking rattlesnake. <laughs> wow. Jackson. When people it's always a fucking husband and his wife, man. God damn. I would like to know about the percentage of people that kill themselves or kill each other rather. What percentage are husband and wife? <sighs> you mean either like the that, wife. where the husband kills the wife or the wife kills the husband? Is it more that like what is the percentage as far as like people getting killed? Like, how many of them are husband and wife? How many of them are just a, here's the guy that works at the post office that always fucking pissed me off, so I shot him? And right. how many of his husband and wives? 
I don't think statistics. I don't think it, I don't think it would be ex- much as you think. I think domestic violence would be huge. We've but I don't seen, think it goes all the way. I think we've all we've all seen couples that are just fucking violent to each other, right? Yeah, that's scary shit, dude. Mm-hmm. That must be so scary for a cop. You know, they always say that those are the most dangerous calls to take domestic violence cases. It doesn't seem so. Like if you watch the show Cops, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. I had just a brother-in-law that was shit, abused man. by his ex. Really? <laughs> I can't go into details, but she came out with a she, knife. She, she came, came out with a knife. Him with a knife. A few times. He wasn't fucking her correctly. <laughs> Let me tell you something. No chick I'm fucking is ever coming at me with a knife. He was. Wow, a, you got to keep him in check. That would suck. This, this, you got to have control. Do not get into, involved in any sort of a relationship where you, you're you're not the man. If you're actually a man. Don't get involved in a relationship where you're not the man. If you yeah. feel like, well, somehow with her, I don't feel like I'm the man and just I don't know what to do. Get out. Get out. You're getting, your soul's getting st- stolen from you in the night while you sleep. But you don't realize you're with dude, a demon. Not everybody's alpha like you. It's not yeah, even alpha, <laughs> but it's not that. No, 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 yeah, no. it is. It's not. It's don't. It, then whatever the role is, make sure it's, it's a harmonious one. You know what I'm saying? Don't let someone all of a sudden be like the dominant one and you figure you're not dominant anymore. Like men who get in situations like that where their wife gets to yell at them and the father, the, the husband's always going, okay, 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 okay. Dude, that's just their nature, this some later. of these dudes. That's, that's not, their nature. That's not healthy. There, there, if there's, just, there's a girl out there somewhere that's probably nice. And if they found that girl instead of the one they're with, they found some chick who just likes to look at the positive side of things and she likes going to cool movies and eating in fun places and she doesn't require a lot. You know, you, that girl's out there. You don't have to listen to this fucking Yeah, but cunt. she's probably dead inside for that those wow. very good qualities, you know? That's why she's giving up on life, and she's like... She's I, not giving up I, on life. <laughs> she's enjoying things. Is so, that what it is when a chick isn't crazy? What, she's giving up on probably, life? Probably. Maybe that's she's a, just... <laughs> interesting. Sit down on the know, couch, she's Brian. She's like, uh, I'm dead. That's well, interesting. Anything, that you, so you think happy. that any chick that's like No, happy, I don't really. I didn't, okay, I just didn't just really think this out, though. I'm just throwing something on the table there. I thought you were committed to this, man. No, no. Are you sure you're not committed to this argument? <laughs> Rick doesn't even know what we're talking about yeah, that right now. Yeah, kind of went over my head. <laughs> that Staring at us. I, like to I took Rick Schroeder to his very first UFC recently. How was it? Um, it was good, but to be honest with you, I wanted to be inside where you guys were. I was like on the outside, and I was like, too far I was looking up and hmm. I didn't have a great view well you guys were on the floor like floor the, seats are not my favorite rows. dude floor, my favorite is one or two up yeah on the so sides maybe, I think you're right I think the first riser is the right, best first spot right first riser is the best yeah. spot because you're still close enough to see the action yeah you know but you're not yeah you're not you're not looking up yeah, sometimes plus, it sucks when they go to the ground on the other side of the cage totally. if, if you're on the ground you know like in TV and up. HD because I buy it all the time on pay-per-view right. Like I get like the close-ups. I hear the sounds more. I yeah. I was more yeah. in the fight commentary. Where yeah, I've, I get, I I didn't hear any commentary. Right. You can get these so, little. They have these little radio things, and you uh, they sell them uh, UFC Fight Link, I believe it's called, and you listen to it, and you get to listen to the commentary. They broadcast it on like a wireless signal, like a radio station. They an iPhone app for that. They should totally right. Totally. Totally. What the fuck, man? Dana? Dana, get on this shit, son. It um, was cool though, man. I mean, UFC. I'm a huge UFC fan. Just wrote a movie about it. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, I mean, uh, Rick Schroeder, you know, Ch- Chuck Norris talked to me once, like fifteen years ago. Dude, Chuck Norris hugged me. It was the greatest moment of my life. Chuck Norris, man, was <laughs> was like, did he try to start some MMA league? Well, he did. A, he had a kickboxing league. Um, I think it was called the World Combat League. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure if that's the right name. Like, for like fifteen years. It. I apologize ago. if I'm wrong because I'm a huge Chuck Norris fan. Anyway, he tried to get me in on that way back in the beginning. Like, really? Like, let's build a team in LA. Well, and yeah, that. he. That's exactly what he was doing. He was doing kickboxing teams. teams, and they tried to do that with the IFL. The IFL is the International Fight League, and they had some really good fights.
fighters, but they tried to do that team thing too. They had tried to have them fight in teams. The only team that's thing would be not, fun is if yeah. they were all at once. Well, you know, I thought <laughs> like it was. Free for I all. thought you know, hey, look, you know, it's not the right way to go, but at least it's something different, and people are talking about it. Like it makes for subject of debate. You like this? Do you not like this? You know, it makes it a little novel. But yeah, it's it's not the way to do it. Teams aren't the way to do it. I, I would I, I you know when all those things were coming around, I was like, what are you doing? It's an individual sport. Well, why try to team? I, I guess what they're doing is they're just trying to you know get in on some unique way, you know, like yeah. everybody else is doing it this way. So we're gonna have teams, the Denver douchebags and the fucking <laughs> the, the Montreal monsters, you know. Let's put some folding chairs into yeah. it. Let's it seemed, let's really yeah, get it going. Exactly. It seemed like I was just gonna say it seemed very roller derby. I was gonna say that, and you went pro wrestling. We're on the same wave, wavelength there. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. The only way to do it is just do it. You know, you just have to. Stop trying to dress it up. I, I, I do like some strike force rules. Strike force has put rules in where they don't have elbows. I don't know, like, a lot of people like elbows, but fuck elbows. Cut people up, man. And I know you, you should just protect yourself from that, and, you know, and elbows can stop fights too. They're very dangerous weapons, but I, I kind of like strike force, how they just use punches. They don't elbow each other on the ground. I think it, I think it, it, make, it might make fighters' careers longer. I mean, I, people like it, though, and it's a very effective technique. Maybe they need some sort of a pad on the elbow if that's possible. You know, that might not be a bad idea. That doesn't cut. Yeah, because it's such a short movement when you're on top of a guy and such a fucking short distance to stop and so much power you can generate. And it's just bone on bone just smashing your fucking face. Yeah, that's, a, that's a goddamn dangerous technique, man. Make it have like a sound like a dog toy though. Yeah. Every time they do it, it's like. <laughs> so you feel gay doing it? I wouldn't. Right, yeah, I would right. making a squishy toy <laughs> noise. I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything wrong with elbows. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't I mean, take if, them out. I wouldn't take them out either. Yeah. But I look at the strike force rule and I go, maybe that's the way to go. Sometimes, sometimes I look at it and go, I like that. That's around. I like. You know what I do like? I like that there's a comparison. We can look at the strike force and see, see what happens with them with the punches on the ground. Like We've already done that with Pride. The old um, Pride days, they used to be able to do whatever they wanted, man. They could soccer kick dudes while their heads were on the ground headbutt. and stomp on them. They did, I don't think they yeah, allowed headbutt. headbutts, and I don't think they allowed groin, groin kicks. I don't, I don't think they allowed fish hooking or any of this stuff that's always illegal. Mm. They didn't allow it, but they added the stomps and the soccer kicks and the knees to the head to a downed opponent, which is all really fucking violent, dangerous shit, you know? Mm -hmm. When you see a guy get soccer kicked in the head, that's when you know you're like, whoa. Like, shit, this is, this is not fucking playing around. This is a real fight. Like, that guy just soccer kicked that guy in the face when he's down. It's not the best thing to have in MMA, but fuck, it adds this crazy element to it. Mm. You know, when a guy goes down, the other guy's trying to stomp him, like, literally, like, whoa! Vanderlei Silva knocked out, I think it was Tamora. No, it wasn't Tamora. Damn, I forget who it was. Yuki Kondo. Yes, I believe it was. He knocked him out, and then he started stomping his fucking head while he was down. But didn't early UFCs and, like, have biting and stuff? Maybe it wasn't Yuki Kondo. I should, I should find out exactly who it was. If Randall did that before I said it. But whoever it was, he was holding on to the ropes with one hand, then kicking the guy in the face, stomping on his head while he was down. It was so violent. I was like, fuck! Like, that took it to another level. Yeah, that's, that's the ref's fault, though, for not... No, 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 it's legal. It's legal. Huh. In Japan, it's legal. Whoa. In Japan, in Pride, it was legal. You were, I think you can still do it. I, I know you can definitely still kick or knee a downed opponent. I think you can soccer kick him still, too, and you can stomp him still, too. I think. I think Dream, the way they do it, I mean, they, there's, there's different organizations. Like, one of the things that the UFC has always been pushing for is a unified system of rules so that the rules we use, everybody uses, so that we all practice 
you know, the, the same sport. That makes complete sense. Totally complete sense. It's totally the right way to go. But J- Japan doesn't give a fuck. They're like, no, yeah, they're still whaling. We don't like five minute round. We want to whale. Ten minute We're round. Whaling. Ten minute round. <laughs> and they have crazy shit where they'll come and they'll take your money away if they don't think you're fighting hard enough. Really? Yeah, dude. They get crazy laws over there. <laughs> so, like, say if, uh, and sometimes, man, dudes are just taking a fucking breather like it's a war, you know, or they neutralize each other. They can't, nobody can get anything done. And they go, stop, stop. And they pull out a yellow card. And what a yellow card is, is they take 10% of your fucking purse. Wow. So if you're getting paid a hundred grand, you just lost ten thousand wow. dollars because some fucking douchebag referee decided you needed a yellow card because you're not fighting hard enough. At least it's just that in Japan, a yellow card could mean a lot of things. Yeah, it could be P P. Get the eels and the women. Be, they cut your finger off. All that right. could could mean that's a a P card. That's the craziest thing ever. The yakuza where they chop fingers off. Why? You know, like if they you chop? fuck up, you do something wrong, you have to cut your own finger off. Oh. Hey, that's your pen- that's your punishment. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the punishments. Did you hear about the Saudis trying to paralyze some guy? Yeah. Did they go through with it? No, I don't know if they've gone through with it. I know they're inquiring on whether or not it could be done. One hospital said they wouldn't be... If you don't know the story, this uh, guy hit a guy with a shovel. Is that what he hit him with? I don't know any details. He assaulted this guy in some way and, and paralyzed him. And under Islamic law, you know, eye for an eye... They literally want to impose the exact same uh, injury to this guy and do it in a hospital. You know, one hospital was like, you can't paralyze somebody. Like, we can't just do that. And another hospital said it was possible, but they did not have the conditions available. They would have to go to a much larger hospital. So they probably went to some fucking goat and donkey infested hospital with chickens running through the fucking lobby. And like, would you be willing <laughs> to paralyze someone? And they're like, well, maybe. We couldn't do it here, though. Dude, there's a guy in South Central to do it for 100 bucks. Right. Would you, do you guys agree with that, though? Eye for an eye? Judgment? Um, man, you know what? I think there's just a certain amount of cruelty to that it's just not necessary I think if you want to show people that it's wrong kill the guy that's what I think I think death penalty is a good thing but you know you have to know the circumstances who knows maybe the other guy's a dickhead maybe the other guy threw a rock first and then he hit him with a shovel and paralyzed him yeah we you know, don't have don't enough know. information yeah maybe that guy was fucking tormenting him and was, you know wouldn't leave his kids alone it was an asshole and kicked his dog and you know it was building up over 10 fucking years and finally homeboy had enough and he just did what he's supposed to have done a long time ago cracked that motherfucker over the head with a shovel but unfortunately, his little faggot ass has to go and get paralyzed. <laughs> and now my man's in the pokey, and they're talking about paralyzing him, too. <laughs> Meanwhile, all he was doing was just trying to hold his ground, just trying to get behind this world, you know? Just it's, trying to... They should have the three-strike rule. Like, the first time you do something really, really bad, they, cut, they take away your hearing. Then the second time, they take away your eyesight. Third time, they chop oh, off your tongue. Dude, you, you might have just invented that, and th- there's people in Iran right now. Write that down! <laughs> Write it down! Before the idea escapes us into the ether! Get that dot com! Yeah. Get that dot com! Get that dot com! I'm that network solutions! Yeah, it's hilarious. Go daddy, it's cheaper. Go daddy, go daddy, go daddy, go daddy. Coupon code. I have a code, I count there. You tell me not. Dude, I don't know what accent we were there at the end. We went Japanese. We started off Iranian. <laughs> we have the worst fake Iranian accent ever. I'm an insult to any impersonator out go there. Go fat wallet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, what can I tell you, man? What about, can you tell me? What do you want to know about back in the day? Dude, well, I want to know everything. You know, I've, I've been friends with Rick for, uh, well, a few years. About four or five We've years. We've gotten now. more friendly lately since he got back from uh, Spain. Yeah, and uh, since you've had kids, our too. Bodies, yeah. Joe, Joe's really changed since he's had yeah. kids. Uh, I became a pussy, settled in like all the other pussies out there in the world. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, you know, for sure. I don't think you can understand what it's like to have children until you have children. And, you know, Louis C.K. said something once about kids that I thought was really interesting. He said, just let it change you. 
And uh, I had already like kind of let it change me before I heard that, but I was like, wow, that's like the best way to describe it. Let it change you, you know. And when you have kids, it, that's that really is what happens. Like you, you all of a sudden. First of all, the, immediately what I started doing is looking at people as babies. I looked at everybody as I used to just you know see a guy who's thirty, and I was like, oh, here's a guy. Hey, buddy, what's right. up? Nothing, you know, normal. But now you saw like the inner child. Yeah, but now I then, yeah I see the inner child. I see how he developed to be that guy. You have much more compassion for people. Yeah, you know, that's cool. I try to I try to keep as much compassion as possible while still avoiding douchebags. That's my ethic. Like there's a certain right. point in time where sometimes you have to go, dude, shut the fuck up, please, leave me alone. I know you were a baby once. <laughs> no, one point in time, you're an innocent little child, and somebody fucked your programming up. I understand this. But you got to let me go. I got shit I got to do, you know? That's right. Right? I get it. But yeah, you have changed a ton. So. I think everybody does. You do, if you, if do. you don't change when you have kids, you're a fool. You'd be crazy too. The worst thing in the world that you could ever feel is that you didn't do your best when you were raising a kid. That's got to be the worst thing. Because I think your childhood was fucking completely bizarre. I mean, my yeah. childhood was bizarre on paper, but it wasn't bizarre in front of the whole world, you know? And right. you became a fucking superstar when you were a little kid. You're 40 now, right? Right, just turned 40. Uh, okay, I'm 43. So when I saw The Champ, I think I was seven. What were you, like four? No, no, I was seven. So you were 10 in The Champ. Really? Yeah. Okay. My 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 time run. Yeah, but off. you're close. But either way, either way, whatever I was, seven or ten, I was fucking crying like a baby. And you were even younger than me then. So when I was a little kid, yeah. when I was like going through life, trying to figure out, you know, what my parents were breaking up, going trying to figure out, like, fuck, what is life all about? You were fucking famous in That's front of the crazy. whole world. Like I couldn't imagine that point in my life being famous. That must have been so strange to develop in that. But you're so normal. Well, here's the thing that's, I think, interesting about like growing up famous. Because I became famous when I was like seven. So I don't have any memory of life before fame. Wow. Oh. So when that happens and you're forming and you're getting programmed and you're getting created as a child, right? Um, that's what becomes normal for you. And so... I don't have any frame of reference. Like, I wasn't 30, and all of a sudden, bam, became famous. And I had 30 years of history of normal life. So fame is normal for me. So because it's normal, that means kind of it's not special. Because what's normal is, right. is normal. Wow. Right? So that's kind of, I think, a different, unique thing about being a child actor like I was. And I saw Drew Barrymore last night. I've I never to, heard anybody put it that way before. I went to her premiere last night, and she, she's kind of done the same thing. And um, her new movie, and uh, gave her a big hug and kiss. I haven't seen her in twenty years. Did you grab her ass? And no, just <laughs> cute girl though. Give her really a hug sweet. and a kiss though, huh? Give her a hug and nice. a kiss. I've known her since I'm felt good, huh? Since I'm twelve. Come on, felt good. She was eight. That's Drew Barrymore. We would dance. Let me tell you something. Tom Green not got that. You could get that too, kid. Yeah, yeah. She picks the weirdest guys. <laughs> what? Tom Green's great. I love Tom Green. Yeah, um, you ever do his show? No, I didn't. He does a show like this. Is he but Canadian? Far more sophisticated. Yes, he's, he's Canadian, Canadian but you can trust him. He's yeah. Canadian. I saw you a show. can trust him. He's one of the good Did ones. Did you see the show where he took yeah. animals into his parents' house yeah. at a zoo? He yeah. like fucked a moose on the side of the road. He's a savage. Yeah, he's he's fucking awesome. I love that dude. He's, he's a really cool guy too. He's, he's got a uh, like a show that he's been doing out of his house. He turned his living room into like a studio where he like broadcasts a live talk show from his living room. Oh, that's cool. And it's super popular. It's really good. It's interesting. You get to see him, you know, changing and of trying different things. Like when I got to him, he was uh, into the secret. 
who's like really yeah into that like, book thing. yeah <laughs> he's like, he like had a copy of it right there I mean I don't even know if he was telling the truth I believe he was but it seemed like almost it was like it was like it was trolling like he was just fucking around pretending to be into the secret thing but yeah but so, um so Drew's so went Drew gone through the same thing there's been a few of us that have gone through that like not many the the very you very on, few you could count on a hand the, yeah the uh, the percentage of people who go through that and get Lindsay Lohan are like it's like 95 right yeah man more more than 95 it's gotta be what do you think was the difference with you Oh, uh, what's the difference? You know, I quit the partying thing when I was young and I didn't continue it. Like I think some people do. And, you know, I had my few wild years between 16 and, you know, 20, but you know, I always kept my kind of stuff quiet and I kind of kept it under the radar and, you know, wasn't really public about it. And then I met, that was because there was no TMZ. Yeah. There was no internet. There was no TMZ. (laughs) No internet, son. And you so keep it on the DL. Ricky Schroeder's here making it rain. <laughs> you, how, do you ever wonder? Like, when I was 20, I met Andrea, and that just kind of changed my life because I, I was a dad at 22. Oh, so, so that's a big part of it, too. Responsibility yeah. very early on. Yeah. Now, did you used to hang out with all those people back in the day, like Gary Coleman and all those guys? Like, like, were you like hanging with Punky Brewster and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I knew everybody there. I mean, the Different Strokes kids were filming next door. The Facts of Life girls were across the, the other studio wow. stage. Did you guys oh, bang each other? The, who's the boss kids? Did you guys bang were, each other? You must have, right? Yeah. Were, For sure. They, yeah, it's small wonder. Yeah, it's it's twirling, small wonder. To the Ustream crowd. Ustream crowd knows what's up. <laughs> So yeah, there was some drama going on 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 set. You know, what I mean, there was. I told you a little bit about the Todd Bridges thing. Yeah, Todd Bridges. I had, we had Todd Bridges on Fear Factor, and he had a chip on his shoulder. I mean, not not. I mean, wasn't a bad guy, but had this thought that everybody was out to fuck him. Yeah. That everybody like we were fucking him over. Like we didn't want him to win. Oh, I see what's up. You don't want me to win. I was like, dude, but. You, the guy, the guy beat you. What am I gonna say? Right. Like, come on, man. This is ridiculous. <laughs> well, he's know? got a new book out, so like, you, God bless him. I hope he sells it and stuff. But. Well, he just, you know, he didn't. My point is, he did not get through it the way you got through. No, it. he was chasing me around with a pistol full of urine. <laughs> wow, a water pistol full he, of urine. He was, he, was, he was, yeah. I mean, he was he would piss in a water pistol and then just say, "Okay, I'm gonna squirt this just, in your face." Yeah, and like every, the rest of us would be throwing water cups at each other and crap, and he took it to the next level and just. Started squirting you with his urine. Ah, that's fucked up. Ran him over with your train. Dude, he was big and he was older, and we were all scared of Todd. How old was he? And we were all like 13, 14, and he's all like 18, 19. Oh my God. He was 18 and 19. He was pissing in little kids' faces. (laughs) Yeah, man. And he thought R. Kelly was the originator of that. He had a Porsche, right? And so he was racing around the studio and stuff. And I remember I was 16 and I had just gotten my 944 Turbo. And he's like, let me take it for a drive. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I gave him the car keys. And he's like, this thing needs broken and right. Wow. And he just abused my car. I, he brought it back with you know bald spots on the tires. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and you let him do that. You well, had to. Damn right? you, Todd Bridges. <laughs> yeah, well, Todd Bridges. He wasn't know, a bad dude, though. He's just, you know He's just a fucking baby that got stuck into a weird situation. And Dana Plato didn't develop that's right. The other All of them. Thing. Dana Plato she, became a drug addict, right? Yeah, she died in Vegas. Whew, that's the place to die if you're gonna she she die with Vegas. other drug addicts. That's so the disease seagull finds its flock. Can I place this quote that I was talking about earlier? Oh yeah, this is, this is uh, my, from my, Silver Spoons. Yeah, is that what it's from? I love I love Silver Spoons, but this is one of my favorite quotes, and it's so weird to listen to right now. Listen what? to this. Listen to this. Oops, hold on. It's like a recording. Yes. Yeah, this is crazy. See, computers are the wave of the future. People already play video games on them. 
Someday people are going to do all their banking with computers, their shopping with computers. Someday almost everything's going to be done by a computer. Well, that's, that's, that's nice, but um, we need special stories at the Pepper. Like, can you embezzle a million bucks with this thing? <laughs> that was Arnold Jackson trying to talk steal money. That's me and Gary Coleman. <laughs> yeah. So listen to what you were saying, man. You were saying that, like, what was that, 1983 83. something? That was 1983. season one. 82. You, 82. You, I lost you. Oh, what'd you do, man? Are you guys on? Just, just shut the power off. All right. I'm back. Anyway, um, you, you, it's like, so you, how, how did they fucking predict that so well? Uh, That's kind of creepy. I don't know. Like, did you guys get like computers from like Steve Jobs or stuff that they all like, because that whole show was about computers. Did you have like the inside word where you like. Dude, are you a prophet? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me the truth. No, I don't I know. know. you're a Mormon. You, you may be a prophet. We had video games, man, on set and stuff. So I don't know about no, the computer Pac-Man. thing. I, I Do you think, know as a kid how crazy I, you were? Like you were like kid porn for us. You were like, dude, he has a pack machine, he has a train, he's got you know, <laughs> right. you had like had every ball. single toy in the world. It was like we idolized you as kids at our age group. I'm thirty six, so it's like I, I had like a g- duck phone. Yeah. I had like uh remote control for my You're door. hanging out with Mr. T Aaron Gray, man. If there was a TMZ back then Aaron Gray. What would what would they have caught you doing? Uh what would they have come and do? Would you be popping bottles Hanging bottles? out at Hotel Roosevelt with Alfonso and Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Whoa. Back in 1986, Corey though, and Corey Feldman. 87, Hotel Roosevelt wasn't nice. Really? It was a dive. Wow. What was back really? then? It was a dive. Club really? Hollywood. Do you remember Club the Hollywood? Hotel Roosevelt oh, yeah. was like a super cool You don't remember place Club Hollywood. I remember hearing about Club Hollywood, you know, back in the day, like really? Team Bop magazine. Club like, Hollywood. That was the hangout. Wow, that's so weird, man. <laughs> Corey Haim's dead. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, did How you, weird is it that there's these kids that, that grew up with you that didn't make it through the net? How weird is that to watch? Um, yeah, it's. I feel really bad for these like kids. Like when you, you see know, a kid man. like Corey Haim that you knew when he was a little kid. Yeah, he was so good too, you know. Dude, when he was, when the two of them were, what was that fucking vampire movie? Uh, Lost Boys. Lost Dude, Boys. They were good in those movies, yeah. man. He was a good actor. Yeah. So you must have hung River out with Phoenix. Michael Jackson. I mean, and what did he taste kid. like? You remember that kid? River, River Phoenix? River Phoenix. Yeah, friends with him? Was, yeah. I mean, he was a real talent, you know? Fuck, that was crazy. Dying on Sunset Strip, you know? <sighs> what about Michael Jackson? Did you used to hang out with him? Michael Jackson visited the set of Silver Spoons. Wow. What was he that was, like? He was friends with Alfonso, who was my buddy on Silver Spoons. You know Alfonso? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who was on The Fresh Prince, right? Yeah, after yeah. Silver Spoons. And what's his last name again? Ribeiro. 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 Alfonso. So yeah, he came to visit one day at Michael Jackson and um, hang out with Alfonso because Alfonso did was a Pepsi like? commercial. That was when he was the biggest yeah, star on ever. the planet ever. <laughs> huge. Yeah, huge. It was, um, that was I'm like, going to tell about my like, book. You know? That was like thriller. He made me very uncomfortable. Oh, really? Did he, nah. did he, did he kiss you yeah. on the lips? Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. I'm bullshitting He's bullshitting. <laughs> He's Please, a- Michael Jackson estate, <laughs> calm the lawyers down. Do you think he fucked kids? Um, yeah. You must have heard stories. I don't, I don't know about anal, but I I think it might be a, it might have been some inappropriate stuff if I had to guess. Like some hand job type Webster shit? Webster pulled you aside and was like, don't go over there. <laughs> Funny story about so Webster. Many, really? I heard so many rumors about Michael Jackson and why he's, he's you know, why he was the way he was. Yeah. But you were actually there. What was he like? Like, were you ever He was alone very with kind. Him? I wanted to, I mean, Alfonso went to the Universal um, Amphitheater once to see him play and we went into his... This was like Billie Jean times. Yeah, this is the time. So she's top of the fucking planet. Biggest planet, star in the universe. (sighs) And so um, we're hanging out in his trailer, and um, 
you know, just hanging out, really nice, quiet, shy guy. And so I'm like 16, 17. I said, Michael, what's, you know, how did you make it from a kid actor to an adult like this? You know, how did you survive? Because I was kind of in the middle of transitioning from a kid to an adult. And he said, you know, the trick was being um, inspired, Ricky, because I had to be inspired to keep it up. And I had to find stuff that I wanted to work on and wanted to do. And, you know, I, I kind of took that advice to heart, you know. But no, nothing ever inappropriate. Ever and then he started kissing her nipples. Nothing inappropriate ever <laughs> happened with me, or that I know of. He's such an odd. He was such an odd guy. Just even the way his voice was, and it was very strange that that's a man's voice. Just such, such an odd character, you yeah. know. But never been a guy who, with so much to get out. I mean, we talked about it last week in the podcast, like how crazy it was watching him dance. It's like nobody ever did anything like that before. Like the even the, Elvis the did. way he did. Elvis he did, did, but he did in a different way. He took Michael Jackson's. He had a, a, a weird thing of his Sammy own. Sammy Davis. He took some from Brown. Jim Brown. I mean James, James Brown. Brown. James Brown. We were he talking. Took, we we watched that on the look, podcast a couple weeks ago. The uh, opening in Zaire. Yeah. But James Brown was like manly. The way yeah. James Brown was like. It was like more like a, uh, you know what I'm saying? But when Michael thing. Jackson did it, it's more like this gliding, almost like alien type character. It's moving around in perfect synchronicity. It was like the more of a, there was more of a perfection to Michael Jackson's movements, whereas like James Brown was more of like raw, a raw sexuality. Yeah. You know? I had the Jet Michael Jackson jacket. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, totally the remember. Super- I had the generic one, one though. I couldn't, you... My family couldn't afford the real ones. We got the generic one at this store called Gold Circle. It looked exactly the same, but there was like some kind of tag the real one had, and immediately everyone's like, fake. Oh, yo. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh. People had fake things, like fake members only. I had a fake Izod. It wasn't a crocodile. It was like something else. Right. I felt like such like a, a lizard. lizard. I didn't have a crocodile. <laughs> That's a weird thing with kids, right? Yeah. The, the need for brand name shit. Umbros, spelled with a Q. What is that? Remember those Umbro shirts? Shorts yeah, used to be real popular those. back in the day. Yep. Same that. thing, they had generic brands. It was like Quumbo or Tell something. Tell me this. You want to talk about popularity? You have yeah. young kids. Yeah. How the fuck is that sagging thing still in? How the fuck are people oh. sagging their pants still? It's just like wearing pajamas. Well, no, actually, it's not. No, they're pulling their pants no. to half their ass, half their ass, and then they're pulling their belt on so their pants stay on. Is it, is it to show you like how good they clean? Tight, jean, tight jeans now is back. No, what? dude, I'm tight telling jeans? you, whatever's back. For, oh, tight jeans. Not, not what's 18, in style, 17. what people are doing. Those Girl kids guys. are still sagging everywhere. Everywhere I go, I'm meeting kids, and they're, the, the crotch of their pants is by their knee, and they can't even fucking walk. Why are you fronting, yeah, Joe? It's, it's going to end. Hmm? It's going to end. I don't think it's going to end. That's what I'm telling you. This has been around since I was in high school and I, it was one of those things where I thought okay this is bell bottom jeans this is fucking wearing a visor alright right. this shit is gonna go away you know it was back like I don't yes, remember yes people fucking sagged Par- I remember parachute pants people sagged that? in the maybe 80s it's and comfortable. 90s it wasn't as many but it was still it, maybe you know that's what why it was? dudes like it it came from prison the, the whole thing comes from when you go to prison they take away your belt so you can't choke yourself to death Okay. Well, you don't have a weapon either. Right. So your pants are sagging off. And you're losing weight because you're not eating as much as you were when you first got it, you know? Yeah, probably. Or you're eating more dick. Yeah, getting that AIDS food. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That would suck being in prison, wouldn't what's, it? What's a Webster story? What could, what could be worse than getting your freedom taken away? I know. I think I'd rather be dead. What's amazing Actually. is the, all the different shit they can put you in prison story. for, you know? So the Webster story. So, so I'm, you know, at one of these... Um, network junkets where you go to promote your show and stuff and all the other actors and casts are there from their shows and this little man black kid this tall was just cute as could be man and just like I put him on my knee and I started just playing with him and bouncing him around and he was giggling and laughing and having a good time and 
then like you know I liked kids I've always liked kids so I laid the kid back and I blew like like in his neck Zerbert Zerbert is that yeah, what it's yeah, called yeah that's what Bill calls it Bill Cosby I blew him a couple Zerberts and he's like giggling like a little like a little four year old right and <laughs> I put him away and I'm like, go ahead now You're, I'm done playing with you and somebody comes over and says, you know, he's 16, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we were the same age. We were the same age, man. Oh, my God. And he didn't say anything. He just laughed oh it. Oh, my God. That's same. the best story ever. Same. Oh, my God. Holy shit. You fucking gave the 16-year-old Webster a Zerber. Oh, my God. On a 1 to was 10. Now, on a 1 to 10, what was the embarrassment level oh, when he, you found out he was your age? It was it was huge. I feel really. What did you What did you think? I feel bad, man. I feel gross. Oh <laughs> my god! I feel gross. Did you apologize to him? No, I couldn't oh my him again god. ever. God, no oh way. my god! You didn't even apologize. Was he really laughing uh, then when you did it, or was he laughing like, okay. and giggling? He like if winking you had to go at back you and, and trying to kiss your ear or something. <laughs> if you had to go back and do it again today, would you uh, Would you apologize? Would I apologize? No, I just you wouldn't apologize still, no, man. I <laughs> Too bad, there humiliating. Was, too bad there's no cell phone cameras back then. Can you imagine somebody oh filming that? Uh, uh, punked. Melissa Gilbert was teaching me to juggle <sighs> that day, too. I learned how to juggle. How, how okay, how big Melissa was Gilbert. he? What did he oh, look he like? How old little. did you think he was? What'd I thought think he was, was like four or five. I thought he was just like a little kid. If, if we can get him, can we uh, film and recreate it, reenact it, what exactly happened with him? Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I met him once at the comedy store. He was a very nice guy. Really? Emmanuel Lewis. Very nice guy. Wow. Yeah, he was very friendly. Oh. Is he a nice guy? Yeah, he was fine. He was. Well, you guys he giggled off a to lot. A bad start. <laughs> he giggled a lot. <laughs> he giggled a lot. He tasted like sugar. Yeah, what did he taste like? Do you remember button. what he tasted like? His belly no. button tasted like honey. <laughs> it's old spice. I only feel bad when I found out how old it was. <laughs> Why does this baby smell like old spice? <laughs> Why does this baby got fucking stubble? <laughs> Baby's got razor stubble and a tattoo. <laughs> Baby's got a heart on. What the fuck? Michael Jackson's glove on his ass. Could you imagine? <laughs> How, do you know him well? Do you know when the first time he got laid? Do you know who? Him? Emmanuel Lewis. Emmanuel? Emmanuel no, I don't know no, him well. Wow. The Gary Coleman story was fascinating. He was like forty. Virgin got laid. Yeah, For, yeah Virgin. By Todd Bridges, wasn't it? He should have taken that money. If I was his advisor, okay, and I would, I would say, let's, uh, let's get rid of the showbiz aspirations. Let's just let it go. We got about fifty grand in the bank. I think it's time to move to Thailand. I think it's time to go to Thailand. Thailand, you're a celebrity, okay. You still got fifty grand. We'll go a long goddamn way. Get, get yourself a nice girl. <laughs> settle down in the jungle. <laughs> learn some, learn some Muay Thai. Go fishing, okay. <laughs> America's not for you, son. You're gonna get some fucking. The, the chick that did marry him, did you ever see the chick who married him? She yeah. Took, she took pictures on his deathbed where she was like looking Dude, at the so camera. that's so rough. Like that's, just get like a self-portrait. And he's fucked up with pipes, tubes coming out of his gross. mouth. Oh, it's beyond gross. It's, it's one of the darkest pictures I've ever, and that's saying a lot, that I think I've ever seen on the internet. It's true. One of the darkest pictures because it's just like the, the, there's such a lack of love and respect and there's a lack of you know, remorse. And there's, she's not sad that he's dying. Or if she is, it's not that sad. You know? Yeah. It's horrible. I don't know. I mean, who knows how he treated her, you know? Of course he treated her like shit. Yeah. He, he probably yelled at everybody. But, you know, the guy's like, again, he's, he was born fucked up. Yeah. You know, could you imagine just going through life going, there's no way to fix this? And they're like, Dude, no. he was so talented, though. When as he an was actor? A, was a, when he was a kid. I mean, he was amazing if you go back and ever what watch. Do you, what do you do if, you're, so if you're a guy like that? That's what, what the hard part is. You know, how do you transition 
from being, you know, I mean, it's really, I guess you, if you could write your own shit, if you could write your own thing that's really good about a guy who's in your situation, you know, then you could come up with some sort of a show as an adult. You know, it's possible, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you got to adapt and morph and change and grow with the times. And that's, I think, what happens to a lot of child actors is they kind of don't. And they also, you know, they're used to being treated a certain way and getting certain big paydays and certain big checks. And when they when it's time to humble yourself and just sort of start working again for less or, you know, start doing things that you may not really like, their their egos are too big. Mm. So you got to stay humble. And I think that's the one of the Very biggest. Very hard. And Aaron Aaron Gray helps, doesn't she? Aaron Gray. Is how how hard, hard is it? To <laughs> beautiful. Stay, how hard yes. is it to stay humble? That is the most hard thing, right? To stay humble. The most cute, confusing thing is when you know that you're just a normal person, but everybody treats you like you're special because you're a star. Like when you're on a set, if you're on a set like of a sitcom, it's so easy to lose your head because everyone's kissing your ass yeah. and all the network people are all walking on eggshells around you and they want to be really friendly with you and everybody wants to be nice to you and everyone's got a big smile. Yeah. You know, and, the sh- and the show's doing well. Everyone's got a big smile. Everyone kisses your ass. It's like you live in some weird And then world. you got an accountant and you got a lawyer that kisses your mm-hmm. ass and you got a publicist that kisses your ass and yeah. a manager and all these people that you're employing that yeah. are kind of kissing your ass. That's why it's important, you know, just to have real people around. It's you. very hard to pull off for some people. It's very hard to get your, yourself out of that that spiral of confusion, your identity confusion. Like, who the fuck am I? Yeah, am but I? my friends were always outside Hollywood. That's never, what's important. That's the most important. My thing. friends were always just, you know, guys that were farmers or ranchers or hunters. Or Did you just go knock on their door? <laughs> hey, I'm Rick Schroeder and I'm looking for <laughs> some wanted, fellow hunters. You want to play my video game? No, Let me be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I look like Frogger. I got one in my house. What's up, son? <laughs> Oh, you probably had a Dragon's Lair. I Those, you had that a dra- Dragon's Lair on set. You did? Yeah. <sighs> Dragon's, Dragon's Lair. Lair was the one where it was a cartoon, cartoon. scene, and then yeah. if you did the right Damn. thing... What was would... the lead character's name? Dirk, Dirk. Dirk. The Daring. Love that. That game would yeah. just suck your money. I remember I'd go to West when I was a kid, and I'd bring like $40 of quarters right. and just sit there and play all night oh, until I was sweating. And that in Mach 3. Remember that one where it was like real jet footage where it looked like you are a plane and you were like shooting down things? Oh, it's I, like remember the first yeah, I remember a lot of those. Mach 3. I really remember Dragon's Lair. Really that was the best. Call of Duty's my game now. Totally. I, can't I fucking play, I play so much. Dude, when you go through the airport at that one, you know, you just start mauling people at the airport. Have you played that I like one? to play multiplayer. Oh, dude, I you like gotta to play do it. online. No, I've done the campaign, <laughs> yeah. but I like to play online against <laughs> other people. I can't do it. I get addicted. You get addicted. I get addicted bad. Do you play with the um, Xbox or with the PlayStation? I have both. But Is that what you do with console? It's a console Console, game? Xbox yeah. is what I usually I like. I like PC games. I like uh, with keyboard and mouse. You have much more control. I like first-person shooters. I like playing like duels and quake. Dude, you would I love Call of Duty. Can't do it. He would fucking can't, freak out, right? He, he, freak he, out. he just do remembers it. Quake. Can you can't imagine going to Quake? The Call of Duty. No, listen, I have, I have a. <laughs> That's showing his age. Real right addiction. There, <laughs> I have a real addiction to games. <laughs> no, it's Quake. Uh, quake yeah. Online still is the best game. To literally play. Quake 40, 40 is the cutoff. Literally, I found out for what for like the video game junkies. Oh, that's nonsense. Listen, man. You do whatever the fuck you want. You're not, there's, no one is making the rules. No one's making the rules. Okay, do what you enjoy doing. All right, this is all nonsense. You're going to be dead someday. Do what you like now. Don't do what you like because you want to pretend to like it because other people think you're sophisticated. Then you're going to wind up going to fucking musicals and shit. You know? You do what you like. Video games are way better than musicals, okay? Video games are fun as fuck. It doesn't matter if you're 80 years old. If you fucking get some stereo headphones, get a good, fast uh, cable internet line, get online, play some Quake, Holy shit. You hear people coming out of the left side and the right side and rockets are flying at you and you're fucking mowing people down with a lightning gun. Quake. I didn't never even heard of Quake. You never heard of Quake. It's your show and your age, son. 
Shit's ridiculous. <laughs> Joe, I know you, but if you played this game, you can play it on the so computer. You can play it on the computer. Imagine that times 50 billion. Well, what is it? Okay, well, tell me why it's so great. The graphics, one, Incredible. will blow your mind. And the weapons. The weapons will blow your mind. Playing with like 50 other people at once will blow your oh mind. And you can hide in trees and be a sniper I'm if scared. you want. You know? I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah, you, should t- you should take a week off. I had a friend that lost his mind once. He was an actor. He lost his mind once. And this dude had never been in the military. And he called me up and he goes, if everything doesn't fucking pick up, I think I'm just going to go to Iraq and start killing people. Wow. And I go, I'm like, what? I go, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know what, man? Fuck it. At this point in my life, I'm ready to join the mercenaries. I go, okay, I can't talk to you anymore. And I stopped talking to him. That's like the last time I talked to him. Blackwater. I'm like, I wonder if this dude has just been playing a lot of video games. And it's like, and he's like, you know, fuck it. I'll just get, I'll get fucking, get fragged. Just go over there and end it all. I wonder, you know? Huh. What is it about? I mean, do you think people get desensitized playing video games to the idea of real war? For you sure. Think? Definitely. You think so? Definitely. For sure, huh? For sure. But I don't think it makes well, sense to change like their Quake, mind like killing Quake, people. Quake has like that. totally fake like movement like the, the the physics of the game are not human physics like you can right. jump further than you can ever really jump right it's all about you can, jumping you can and strafe killing strafe jump and you strafe jump and you can you really you're jumping sideways and you can rocket jump especially if you play rocket arena this the physics are just crazy wild nutty physics right i think your games are like real, more realistic, real world yeah i'm not interested in that but, but I want you would fast be <laughs> you i would want be. to catch a dude in midair with a rail gun you know what i'm talking about Show, dude I, makes a jump i bet you boom i bet you if we get it here and we hook up our computers together i bet and within an no. hour, you would be fucking like. No. Joe, it's crazy, man. Like, if you shoot somebody Scared. through their head, man, like oh. the whole wall behind you would splatter with blood. And in, and in, the, in the game, and the wall will start to. Disintegrate. I might just have to pull out my <laughs> flashlight right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> if someone's fucking head explodes behind him, I might just. Totally. I might get a Viking horn. <laughs> <laughs> fucking my flashlight and blowing my horn. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, his head exploded oh, and it's splattered against the wall. The, 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 That's got to be satisfying if you're a bad guy and you shoot somebody and their brain splattered against the wall. That's got to be upset. I mean, you know, it's not a, there's no positive karma in murder, but, you know, you get an A for artistic effect. Mm-hmm. Boom! Have you been to, um, I went to the New York um, and was doing NYPD Blue and I went to do research with some cops there on how to be a cop and they took me to the morgue. Have you ever Ooh. been to a morgue? Uh, no. Woo! You want to talk about intense? They had a wall like the size of that wall, with Polaroids over probably the last 30 years Oof. of the most gruesome wow. killings you've ever seen. And mm. I remember one, Joe. The guy had put a double-barreled shotgun in his mouth and pulled the trigger, and his head had split perfectly down the middle, mm. and there was one on each shoulder. Oh his head God. was split wow. and laying on the shoulder, one on each shoulder, like perfect. And it was unbelievable. But <sighs> anyway, um, you yeah. Should, it's, you should have tweeted those. You need a Twitter. Unbelievable photographs. God damn. There was this one, this girl, we went, we went on this one crime scene. The guys didn't want to pay this prostitute, so they tossed her off the roof. She wow. bounced off the air conditioners 13 floors down. Oh wow. my God. Crazy stuff like that, oh man. Oh my God. Real stuff. Frigidaire. They didn't want to pay a prostitute, so they threw her out the window. Oh my God. 13, yeah, 13. You, you can see the blood smears. Like a double offense against humanity. I mean, think about like how empty you have to be to, first of all, you're not just getting this prostitute that you don't give a fuck about, but you're going to kill her rather than pay her. Yeah, that's craziness. Like you, you've taken someone's child and you fucked her, and then you decide you don't, you don't need you're no worth, money. You're worth, you're worth less than nothing. You're worth less than nothing. Throw you out the window and have you die a slow, horrible death bouncing off fucking shit on the way down. There's some animals out there, man. 
it's chilling. You know, one of the things that I've always said about the internet that is good is the internet allows you to see these things without coming into contact with these people. I mean, normally, if you want to get that kind of an image and that kind of a visual, you have to either go on patrol with cops or you have to, you know, someone has to bring, or you get unfortunate and you see it, you know, against yeah. your will. But because of the internet, you can go and find this shit out and, and see it from the comfort of your own home and just know, okay, now I know this shit exists. Now yeah. I know there's somebody like that out there. Because you, you run through your normal life, you're not going to meet somebody who wants to blow his fucking brains out with a shot, or blow your brains out with a shotgun. You need to know there's guys that got out there, right? You know, I was uh, in Compton shooting a movie, and um, <laughs> and uh, 18 years old, 19 years old, Brad Pitt's in the movie. We played Runners together. It's a movie called Across the Tracks. So... I think, you know, when you're 18, you're tough. So I'm in my Porsche. So I'm driving around Compton. And I stop at a hamburger joint. Stop at a hamburger joint. This is 1988. The crack oh, wars. no. Crack wow. wars are going on. You were driving around Compton in a Porsche in 1988. This looking is like NWA. Me. This is NWA days, right? Looking like me. Yeah. So you're 18, you look like you're 12. I look like I'm 14, yeah. And so. you step out of a badass fucking car. So I step out of a badass car. Cheeseburgers, bitch. I start ordering cheeseburger. And this, this really nice dude comes up to me, black guy. And he's like, you know, what's up, Ricky? Silver Spoons. Love it, man. Love you. And he's really nice. Black people have always loved me. I don't know why, but they really dug silver spoons. So anyway, so we're talking. A few minutes later, I go back to because it was my, the original MTV Cribs. I go to back to check. <laughs> I go to, back to check on my car, and there's three guys in my car. In no your car, in my, I didn't turn the alarm on. Oh, my shit. doors are open, my hatch is open, and they're pulling the CD changer. Remember back in the day that you had like an eight yeah. disc CD changer? Pulls out. So they ripped that out. Oh and, my god! And now they're working on my blah punk on my radio. And so what you screwdrivers. Say? And so I ran over, and they were like cracked out people. And I said, well, get out of my car, get out of my car. Get out. They didn't even look at me. They like glanced at me and looked, went back to work. What? what? Wow. Literally. That would have oh my, my God. There was nothing I could do. What the fuck was going through your head? You were I was old? helpless. You were how old? I'm 18, 18 years 18? old. And oh they're ripping God. my blob on out with their with their screws. You don't have a cell phone back then either. No. And did and you page somebody? No. So the, <laughs> the guy that was I was in line with ordering hamburger, cheeseburger, really nice guy. He comes around the corner and he sees my predicament and he goes, Ricky, what's going on? I go, these guys are ripping my stuff off and he, he goes, okay, I'll help you. Hold on. And I watch him go to his truck and he, or his car and he opens the trunk and he pulls out a shotgun this big. Wow. With a pistol God. grip. And he runs up to my car and he points it at the guys in my car and he says, get out of the motherfucker's car. I'm going to kill you. And all those guys got right out of my car, man. Wow. Oh, my God. And I got my car, and he said, Ricky, you better get out of here. You don't belong around here. Could you imagine that was so, on YouTube? See, that's the kind of shit that needs to be so, on YouTube. Wow. I never stepped foot off the set again in Compton. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. So they just looked up at you ass. and went right back to work. Yeah. Just looked Jesus at me and went back to work. Christ. But that one guy saved my ass, man. I yeah. what that guy did. I wonder that if he was like a security guy. Or... No, he was a gang member. Uh -huh. There's a world. He had that little shotgun. He was a gangbanger. There's uh -huh. a world of like criminals that if you're, you're not from the world of criminals and somehow or another you fall into the world of criminals, just accidentally you stumble into it. Yeah, like I did. Yeah, you're, you're fucked. I mean, you don't, you don't understand how everything is working. Yeah. The, the world of criminals does not work anything like the regular world of society. No, you know when I was no uh, when I was 21 years old. Well, I, was, I guess I was like 23 or 24. I moved to New York from Boston, and I started hanging around with this dude who was a homeless pool hustler, and uh, he was a really smart guy. He's one of my, he became my best friend. Did he teach you a lot of pool? Yeah, yeah. Joe's great at pool, man. He you played him. Uh, yeah, it's not fair. He it's like, he it's like playing me. Quake with him. He killed me, <laughs> and I'm pretty. I'm, I'm not bad, but. He plays good. He plays good. But Joe's really good. I, I got a sickness for games. And right now, the way I play pool is nothing like the way I used to play pool. I used to play pool for eight, ten hours a day. 
I wow. played it all the time. But I went from living in uh, suburban Boston, Newton, Massachusetts, to um, you know just mostly doing Taekwondo and uh, and competing in tournaments. That's all I did like throughout my childhood. And playing pool. With and guy. then I went from that to living in New York and not being around any of the same people, and then hanging out with this homeless pool hustler character, and then finding myself in these. Fucked up situations with crazy like, people. Like I'm taking him to buy crack at fucking wow. three o'clock in the morning, and he's got to. I mean, we're we're in Harlem, and he's got to like go into this place. I got the wrong door. I want to find the right place, and he was fucked up. And and I was like, what am I doing here? And then you know there was a realization that if I got busted, if we got pulled over when he was making a bust, they would take my car. You know, right. I'm helping him, but I liked the guy, but I was like completely out of my element. I was like, wow, this is a, a creepy fucking world that I'm into all of a sudden. I'm into this this weird, you know, cracked out, you know. Same thing happened to me, gangster. too. What happened to you? Uh, this girl I used to date, her roommate liked crack. <laughs> and so uh, she's like, will you come with me and him? Because, you know, his car's broke. We need to drive. I'm like, okay, what are we doing? He's like, oh, you know, we're just, he's going to a friend. He's going to pick up some shit. And I thought they were just talking about weed. Right. So I get into this, I walk into this house with these people. And they're, they're like, get in, the base, get in the basement, get in the basement. And it's a crack house. I didn't even <sighs> realize it was a crack house. So I go downstairs and there's people like crack everywhere. And there's <sighs> just a person at this table. And I'm sitting there thinking, all right, I'm the only white guy here. Or except for my girlfriend, and two, uh, this is a crack house, and these, this is what the fuck am I doing there? Of course, nothing happened, but I, I just remember that I was like, <laughs> but it could have. I was like, that's the end of this hanging out with this girl. Do you or... remember New Jack City? <laughs> remember New Jack City? You got the titties hanging out. Remember when they had the crack factory? That shit was really going on places, right? Yeah, they were Chris really Rock. manufacturing crack. This fuck. Mookie, what was his name? Pookie. Pookie. I don't remember. That was a great movie. Fuck. Drugs are scary as fuck. Yeah, that's the scariest people, drug. People think that I'm like pro drugs because I'm pro marijuana and pro psychedelics, but I'm pro nothing that they get addicted to and nothing that can kill you. You know, there's there's shit that you should totally avoid. I totally want to try Adderall though. Yeah, well, according to Ari, it makes you clean your house. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I want to try it. I've never. Ari done it. hasn't cleaned his house in forever. Right. He got on one Adderall and fucking half of one Adderall, of one? and he cleaned his whole entire place from. Like amazing, like he found Trapper Keepers from twelve years ago with the Incredible Hulk on it because that you know from a middle school kid that he kidnapped or something. Wow, <laughs> Adderall is supposed to be really powerful shit. Robert Schimmel ecstasy. told me he took it accidentally once. Ecstasy, have you ever tried that? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not really a fan of that. I've I, never tried it. I learned a lot when I did ecstasy. I had a very powerful, positive experience. I learned a lot from it, but I wouldn't do it again. I did not like the way it made my brain feel. The next day, my brain was very dull, and it felt like. Like the way I described it, I felt like a sponge where like most of the water had been wrung out of it. It just wasn't working right. Yeah. I couldn't make five. I couldn't make connections right. I was in a um, like a Starbucks and I was reading a magazine the next day. I was reading a boxing magazine. I couldn't read the magazine. I couldn't read it. It was a story I wanted to hear about. Uh, you know, I'm always always been a boxing fan. I'm reading this matchup and I couldn't read it. I couldn't put the words together. And I was like, "Fuck! I can't read." Well, okay, whatever I did last night to have this, you know, fucking loving, you know, everybody's cool, let's all be friends in this beautiful, positive, you know, enlightening experience. The next day, like, you pay for that you shit. You paid for yeah. it. I paid for it. And I was like, okay, I paid once. I'm not paying again. I know there's some shit that doesn't do that. I know that it's a posi- it, it was a positive <clears throat> experience for me. I realized, like, there, you, you realize when you do ecstasy a lot of what is possible if everybody dropped the bullshit. You realize, like, how beautiful life would be if everybody was, like, super friendly and happy to see each other. Like, it would be way more fun and way more enjoyable than it is right now. 
And you, you know, you realize that you can do your part to kind of like make it lean in that direction. So I think in that way, it was very positive. But I think those, the elevated levels of brain hormones that you give yourself when you take that stuff, there's a deficit. Like you, you go up, so then it crashes, and then you don't have any left. And then your brain is just like all shitty and fucked up until it replenishes everything on its own. I don't think that's smart. I don't think you should fuck with that. There's other stuff that doesn't do that. Mushrooms don't do that. Yeah, just you know? I'm scared to take shrooms again. I want to so bad, but the last time I shipped for like six hours straight on shrooms, and it was the most craziest, uncomfortable, worst, you know, hanging yeah. out in the bathroom shit. Did you say shit? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they make you shit because it's like you're eating mushrooms, you're eating poison. So well, sometimes it's it, not poison, but they do have bacteria on yeah. them sometimes. They do have, a lot of them have fungus on them. Right. They have mold I've heard of throwing up, but not... A lot of people throw up. Huh. Some people trippy too. Some people throw up, and that's when it really kicks in, which is really kind of strange. Dude, you were shitting on tripping. tripping. I remember looking at the. I remember looking at the ground. It was like a checkered pattern. I remember the checkers were going up and down, kind of like Tetris or something like that. Like I saw like the my heart beat in the floor, and it was while I'm shitting my brains out. You know, the crazy Awful. thing about the mushroom experience isn't the visuals. The crazy thing is the 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 feeling that you get. Like you kind of get it now. And it's like this fleeting feeling. You know, it's like while you're on the mushrooms, you like you get it. It all seems to make sense. It all seems to fall into place. It's like there's a there's familiar. A, yeah, familiar, but it's also there's like this in enhanced level of understanding. It's like all the bullshit that's going on in your head, all the insecurities, all the false assumptions, all the things that are just like tripping up the way you think, they all get pushed to the side and the lights all get turned on. You know, that's what my experiences have been on mushrooms. But no paranoia. No. Mushrooms oh, I had it all paranoid. the time. Paranoia. Every, every six times, maybe. Mushrooms paranoid and anxiety and <laughs> right. fucking bad trips and shitting myself. Well, it's, I think it's when you try to control it. It's very humbling. Sometimes I think it's just too strong or too, like like, like you said, mold, different molds and stuff. So you're getting yeah, reactions from mold. Yeah, you don't know who the fuck's growing your mushrooms too, right? They yeah, or making your LSD. You know, some people, like, you hear stories of, like, crazy LSD makers that don't know what the fuck they're doing. And you're just pretty much fucking your brain up. Here's you know? a story, Rick, that you yeah. think was fascinating. We've talked about this before on the show. The CIA used to do experiments on American civilians in the 1950s against their will. Really? They did a thing called Operation Midnight Climax, where the CIA owned a brothel in San Francisco and in New York. And they got these guys who were going to get laid, and they dosed them up with acid and ran tests on them. <laughs> that's, that's how the CIA... Can we make that, totally into, a true. Can we make that into a movie? Fuck it. Let's do what, it, son. We're going to work together. No, seriously, what research you, you do you have? You saw it here, ladies and gentlemen. What this re- is the beginning. <laughs> what research do you have? Like, a really? Ricky Joey Productions. Really? Is it no, true? it's real. It's true. It's yeah. Operation Midnight Climax. It's the Freedom of Information Act. They released these documents. Dude, the CIA ran let's brothels. Let's develop that. Yeah, let's do it. It's that real shit. That sounds crazy. Man. I know, right? Look, someone needs to do a documentary on acid because people don't realize it. Because it was squashed out, they threw so much water on the fire, We don't, and, and it all died out so quickly. We all don't realize, people who live today in 2010, what an impact acid had on the culture of the 1960s. I mean, people really were convinced that we're all one. The flower movement of San Francisco, the flower power movement, those people are all on acid. What about Disney? Ken Kesey, do? I don't know. What about, what about I Disney? I heard Disney did that stuff. Oh, a lot of people have done acid. I'm sure he probably did it. How the fuck do you come up with that crazy mouse unless you're doing acid? It's possible. Who knows? I mean, it might not have. But I think a lot of people did it because there were so many people doing it, so many people reporting all these positive experiences on it that all these rich, powerful people, anyone in a position that would get in contact with these people that are doing it, these artists, they would want to try it. You know, Ken Kesey and Timothy Leary and all those guys and Terrence McKenna, all those dudes that are, you know, doing acid back then, they, 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 they all wanted other people to do it. 
Mush- what's mushrooms the difference and between fishing? acid and mushrooms? What's well, the difference? Acids, L- acid, L- LSD, yeah, it's man-made. I mean, it does exist. What's the difference? It exists actually in um, in in some in seeds of some plants. A Hawaiian baby woodrose, I think, has it in it, or it has a similar compound in it. And there's another one in morning glory seeds. Morning glory seeds has like a natural form of LSD. You can buy morning glory seeds, and you do something to them. There's like directions how to do it online. You you make like you pour a paste acid out on of it. it. <laughs> no, no, you. you, you <laughs> You like cook them or something, and then you eat them, and you trip your fucking really? balls off. Terrence McKenna said that his first psychedelic experience was morning glory seeds, and then he had all this Aztec imagery, like he was looking at like fucking Mayan temples and shit through the clouds. I heard in that the with sky. a lot of things, like banana peels, licking frogs. Whatever. No, 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 but this is real. But isn't the banana peel thing no, real? No, no, no. Banana peel's not real. No, frogs are real. There's there's certain frogs that produce um, ma five meo uh, DMT. Yeah, they sell them on eBay. I remember a long time ago, I was actually going to buy one just to to experiment with. They say what you have to. Do you know how to do it? Huh? Yeah, there's a whole website devoted to so it. You how to do it? Yeah, I, I didn't say that. I what I heard is that you have to like make you rub them on glass. And then their excretions are in the glass, and then you dry the excretions in the sun, and then you scrape it off and smoke it. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that what you guys Probably do? Probably something like that. I didn't actually oh, do didn't it. Do, oh, you did No, didn't no. Do it. I was oh, actually, okay. I talked to the breeder, and he was just like, I'm, I'm going to have a new batch soon. And I was going to buy like three of them. But then I was like, what am I doing? I'm so stoned. I'm buying frogs <laughs> off eBay. <laughs> buying flo- frogs to trip the fuck out. That 5-MEO experience is, 5-MEO uh, is still legal. That's one of the weird things. When I first did 5-MEO, we, we ordered it online. 5-MeO DMT, one of the most pot- more potent than regular DMT, psychedelic drug, and you can just order it online. You can get like a vat of it and just smoke your fucking brains out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's way more powerful than mushrooms, way more powerful than pot, and you could order it online. You ever candy flipped? That's where they take ecstasy and put it on one side is ecstasy, on the other side is LSD. Oh my God, what are you doing to your brain? Son? It's called candy flipping. Fuck. I can't handle that. I'd see, that's, that goes into those, those weird lose your mind forever you know, mm-hmm. trips. I blame the Grateful Dead and all that shit. Do you think you lost some brain cells totally. back Totally. But, you know, I think I lost the most brain cells with that one story I told you about where I rented this apartment and then my heat ended up being carbon dioxide from the gas furnace blowing on me for two years or a year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I found out the day I'm moving out and my the guy's like, you know, checking over my room to make sure I didn't destroy it. And he goes, what the fuck? Why is that uncovered? I'm like, well, that's my heat. And it was the gas outtake for the gas furnace. And oh, it was man. this carbon dioxide. You could have died oh, there was easily. Many, there was many nights where me and this girl would be like, dude, let's just sleep today. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, but luckily, God. it was such an old house. It was drafty, so it wasn't like airtight or something. Dude, you were getting poisoned. Right. I think that did the most damage. For and two I total, years? It was, no, it wasn't that long. It was like actually like eight months or something like that. Wow. But it takes uh, one like night, You would have been a different person. Yeah. I, I totally, looking back at that, I think I definitely got some brain damage, mostly with Whoa. speech, I think. Your speech Yeah, I feel up? like stuttery since then. Oh, my God. And I, just, I should totally sue this place, but now it's like, what, 12 years Dude, later, 20 years later? Dude, fucking sue. Maybe the guy hit the lottery <laughs> since then <laughs> right. and now. Doubt it. You don't know. You could get paid, son. I know. Who cares? Go get yours. So it made you stutter. <clears throat> yeah, kind wow. of. I think from that, that's what I remember Holy the most. shit. Well, that one famous tennis player died like that. Vetus Gerulitis. How did he die? In, the, in, an, in his room by carbon monoxide poisoning from a <sighs> heater. Just a couple of years ago. Not too long ago. One more reason to live somewhere where there's no heat, bitch. <laughs> and have electric California. cars. How often do you need to heat in California? Down here? Dude, it's so hot today. It gets hot as fuck. But... <laughs> 
what is better, hot as fuck or dry black ice? You know that scares the shit out. I of like me. hot as fuck. I like air hot as fuck. Hot as fuck to me is better than you can't control your car because the fucking the whole you know highway becomes a, a, an ice skating rink. That's happened to me many times in Boston. I fucking hate when I grew up in Boston. I used to I drove every day because I delivered newspapers. When I was uh, fighting, doing Taekwondo to make money, I would deliver newspapers during the day. Then I would teach classes and train, and then I would go and compete. So when I would get up in the morning, every morning at 5 a.m., a lot of times nobody had plowed, nobody had done shit. Yeah. And I would just be on just – I learned Ice. how to drive on like a skating. It was like a rink. Like I would slide around corners sideways on purpose because huh. nobody was around. Like I knew how to handle it after a while. But Are you a like, Boston Bruins fan? No. I don't really like sports. You didn't like sports, yeah. I got bored with sports when I was young. The moment I started like doing martial arts, I thought sports were stupid. Taekwondo, what's the difference between that and jiu-jitsu? Taekwondo is a striking art. It's kicking, Strike, mostly kicking. kicking, kicking and punching, but mostly kicking. Okay. That's what I. That's and what I did throwing. most of my life. Judo is throwing. Yeah, we talked about that last night. I told Ricky how to kill somebody with a leather jacket. <laughs> just put your hand under here. And I'm telling him that if a dude, a dude does not understand jujitsu <laughs> and he's an asshole and he has a jacket on, that's why it's good to learn the gi, learn how to use the gi in jujitsu, because you know a lot of times people wearing clothes, and if some guy is attacking you and he's got a leather jacket on, all you have to do is get your hand up in there. <laughs> Under, Get your under hand here. on that collar, under here, deep in that collar on his uh, neck, yeah. and he's a dead man. You're dead, Cause son. You're choking him. Because I'm gonna connect on the other side. Right. And you're gonna oh, go 90, nice. 90, 90. That's nice. 90, 90, 90. That's son. all I need to know. I just need to know that. That's all. I'll teach you that. Environment. I'll teach you that room, and then you just fuck with skiers all day. <laughs> right, <laughs> bitch. Right, right. <laughs> come up here with them big <laughs> shoes on, bitch. <laughs> Hang out, snow lounges. <laughs> but judo is the scariest thing if a guy's got clothes on. If a guy, you get in there with like some fucking Jimmy Pedro type character, some you know Olympic judoka, they grab a hold of your clothes, man. You're going sailing through the air and coming down on your fucking head on the concrete. It's, it's that's, kar- that's no joke, man. Is karate pretty useless nowadays? No, like, no, no karate's definitely not useless. There's a lot of ta- if you're it's, a black belt in karate, though. No, it depends on who you're getting it from, and there's a, a ton of different styles of karate, and even within those styles, there's there's instructors that are much more you know they're 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 much more pure with their technique they're they're better they're they've you know they've competed in like international and world tournaments and you know you're always going to get levels there's karate guys like machida that are machida's a bad motherfucker right. and his base is karate and he does the best things about karate he he's got a wide stance he stays back on the outside he counter attacks he knows how to leap in and leap out very difficult to time because of that and very good at like leaping in almost like a fencer and tagging people he fucks people up man and that's karate he's using for real but he's excellent at it that's the thing it's like karate is not the best martial art but if you get really good at karate and then learn the other shit you learn muay thai how to check kicks how to throw knees how to you know take a guy down and choke him you learn some jujitsu techniques fireballs fireball fatality (laughs) if you learn all that stuff you can add to it but the thing about uh, like karate that makes it interesting is that not that many people are doing it so right. if you get a guy who's a really good, like, really good, like, uh, like, there's a bunch of different styles, but Kyokushin is one that's a real good one, and Shotokan's another one. The Shotokan guys tend to be more, like, leap in and I like back. drunken. Drunken monkey it's, style? Yeah, that shit's Ooh. awesome. Just, no, like, yeah, like, drunken monkey kung yeah, fu? Yeah, that's I real. I love that shit, dude. Well, the Chinese tried everything, man. You know, they, they tried all kinds of different fucking animal forms and grasshopper and attack like a praying mantis and fucking poke you with your fingers and shit. Chinese were like the most innovative coming up with different techniques for fighting. What about just old school wrestling, like, you know, Roman, Grecan, Greco, Greco Roman, Roman, yeah, Greco well, Roman that's wrestling? One of the most effective is that like jiu jitsu, though? 
Well, it it's is in similar. the fact that it's grappling. It's it is in the fact that you're you know you're still controlling a person's body, but the intent is different. What, what, There's what, no end point. It's back. Yes. Well, it is. They beat the fuck out of you once they hold you down. Right. The thing about a wrestler is, once they get you on your back, you're fucked. You know, they're they're used to their whole life has been dedicated to holding guys down and putting their shoulder to yeah. pinning them. Yeah. So when they get on top of you and they're punching you, they're holding you down and they're punching you and they're beating the fuck out of you. Like some of the most dangerous fighters in the world are wrestlers because of the fact they have the ability to dictate where the fights take where the fight takes place if the, they decide to take you down they take you down and if you want to take them down you can't they're better at wrestling than you so you're fucked so you have to do what they want to do if he wants to fight on the ground you have to fight on the ground if he wants to stand up you have to stand up it's a, a huge advantage so wrestling is, is a big part is Shoot, yeah. he's a wrestler yes definitely wrestling is a big part of MMA huh. And Brock Huge. Lesnar was a wrestler. Wrestler, wrestler. yeah. So it's, it's his number one skill. Brock is learning submissions. He's getting better at submissions. He's an incredible athlete. He's learning striking. He's getting better at it. But his number one skill is wrestling. Number one for sure. Well, that's what he's really good at. He's really good at taking guys down. He's a big, powerful, fucking athletic guy who's got excellent wrestling technique. He's learning all the other stuff. Wrestling's number one. That's Most the important base. Thing. It's the base. It sounds like. Yeah, you just gotta understand jujitsu so you don't get trapped. You don't get caught into certain techniques because some guys are fucking dangerous off their back. Like Eddie. Eddie's very dangerous off his back. Like yeah. whenever I roll with Eddie, I only roll with him like you know not that often, but every time I, I think I'm safe when he's on on his back and he catches me with something. It's like his legs are so dexterous. He really knows the the insides and outsides of each and every position. But a lot of guys don't have that. You know, there's only a few, like Fabrizio Verdum, the guy who just tapped out Fedor, he's got that to even higher level. His guard is nasty. There's guys that you just, you can't get comfortable with. You get, if you're on top of them, you can't get comfortable with. You know, they're, they're always attacking, they're always setting you up, and they're always moving one step ahead of you. You zig when you should have zagged, and all of a sudden, whoosh, whoosh, bang, and you got a triangle locked on, motherfucker, you're fucked. Right. And then you're trying to battle out of it, but he knows which way you're going to go, because if you go that way, he's going to counter you by holding your leg and, and pulling that up, and then he attacks your arm, then he attacks the triangle, next thing you know, you're fucked. Yeah. Because he's just got this high-level shit, but unless you're fighting those guys, the most wrestlers are going to be able to pin a guy down and hold him down. It's a mm. huge skill to have. I mean, you must outweigh Eddie by 40 pounds. No, not that much. 20? I think Eddie's like 170. I'm, I'm no. like 185. I think Eddie's like 165. I bet he's 165. So what are you? Well, I'm 185, 190. So 25 pounds. Yeah, it's, and I'm a lot stronger than him. He still yeah, taps you're me. big. And yeah, I can't tap him. I've never tapped him. I don't think I've ever even come close. Well. I've only made him struggle. Master. I've made him like, I've never made him like real close One day, to will you? Who knows? Is he ticklish? Most likely he'll tap me again. I don't t put nearly as much time into it as he does. He teaches classes every day and he trains every day. You know, he's training when he teaches classes four nights a week. He's got a knee injury right now, so he's not training. But uh, when he does, he's always rolling. He rolls constantly. If I'm lucky, I'll get three days a weekend, you know, if I'm lucky. Yeah. And teaching, too, teaching a lot of guys, like there's a dude named Brent at our school who was really good, but then he started teaching and he became great. There's something about teaching people when you really dissect the techniques. Like they say that one of the best ways to improve your jiu-jitsu game is yeah. to teach it to somebody else. Is that that tall, light-skinned, like black guy? No, Brent is a heavyset white guy. Okay, don't know. Big, really smart dude, and uh, he's a brown belt under Eddie, and he was, he's a high-level brown belt. When he first started out, he was just a regular guy. You know, just another dude who, would, you know, always good. He was talented. But when he started teaching, all of a sudden he started taking off. You know, he's a handful. Very dangerous guy. Hmm. You know, every time I roll with them, I'm like, whoa. There's, there's certain guys that you roll with where you just got to watch your fucking P's and Q's. This guy's trying to kill you. <laughs> one thing I learned real quick was you're either all in or all out, two hands in or two hands out. If you got one hand in, you know, if, if, if you're on top and you put one hand in, they can somehow try, they can 
Sure. Yeah, you got grab your leg, grab your arm, and trap it. Yeah. So you got to be all in, right? Yeah. Is that true? Yes, but you know, even all in, you got to be careful. If you get a guy like Fabrizio Verdum and he controls both your wrists, you're fucked. You got a lot of problems because huh. he's going to attack both ways. And as you as you defend one way, he's going to attack the other way. You know, as if he controls your wrist at all, you're fucked. It's very important that you get wrist control. Jiu-jitsu is a, such a tactical, fun thing to do because as you do it, it's very frustrating. It's almost like, remember when you started doing stand-up comedy and you said the frustrating thing is that like, there's no end to this. It's like it's, like, it's going to go on forever. I'm, it's going to take forever to get good at it. Right. You know, you know that yeah, feeling? Yeah, it's just a lot of devotion to yeah. something that you know, you're going to have to go on forever doing. And, and it's, it's going to take forever. And you see a guy yeah. you know, like Joey Diaz, you go, how the fuck am I ever going to get that good? Right. It's going to take 15 years for me to I'm get I'm too that old good. for that now. That's the same feeling with jiu-jitsu. When you first start out, you have to enjoy each little miniature battle that you win, yeah. every, every new lesson that you learn. But the, the most humbling thing about it is as you do it, you realize how little you know. Yeah, you man. Know? There's so many guys that are so much better. There's just, I'm like decent. But there's so many guys that we were all talking about Marcelo Garcia last night. He's the one of the best, probably the best grappler in the world. A really technical, not like this brutish, powerful guy, but just all technique. And he's this Brazilian dude, super, super smart dude, and super nice guy too. And just fucks everybody up. Huh. And there's videos of him online just smashing guys. Huh. Just taking these really like high level wrestlers, really tough guys, and, and just running through them. them. Just choking them, choking oh, the fuck out. Is judo guy? No, he's a jiu-jitsu guy. Jiu-jitsu guy, okay. Over and over and over again. You know, and you watch this guy just running through people. Like when I when I'm in full guard, like when somebody's got me, when, when I'm above someone and they're they've got me. Is it, is it called they've got me in full guard? When they've got you in the guard, they've yeah. got me in the guard. Trying so, to, I don't even have a good move yet to break out of the guard to get on side control. You don't like, know that yet. Well, you'll you know learn. I, mean? I can show you some stuff. There's there's a bunch of different techniques. That Do you, you have learn. a few go to moves? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. You like buy a yeah. gun. Buy a gun. No, it's, it's, a, it's a game, man. It's a game. Give me if you treat it, it, look. If you treat it like Penn and Teller did this thing on martial arts, where they said that you're better off saving your money and then giving it to the mugger, saving the money that you would. <laughs> but it's not about not getting mugged. What martial arts are about is like it's a very, very difficult thing that makes your character stronger. When you learn martial arts, what you're doing is you're doing this incredibly difficult thing, and when you do that, you learn about yourself, and other things become easier. Yeah, and it's humbling, man. Yeah, it's very humbling. It's humbling when some guys, that you know, you, you look at them, it doesn't look like much, but man, you're tapping now. And yeah. It's humbling. Dude, it's a, it's a freaky feeling. It's a freaky feeling to have guys dominate you. And it's yeah. a freaky feeling to dominate guys, too. It's a, it's a weird Much feeling. Much better to, feeling. It, it is better, but it's, it's weird to feel people nervous and freaking out. And like when they first start doing it and shit, and there's like, you know, they think they're tough guys. And, and they, they realize, like, you're closing in. Like, this is getting to a position where, fuck, I'm not getting out of this. You know, you've got the dude mounted and he's bucking and he's trying to explode all his energy. But every time you do it, you counter. Nope, not going anywhere. Right. Not going anywhere. <laughs> Stay here. Squash you. And you start slowly squishing them and squashing them. Them, and you feel them panicking. You feel them start to freak out. Where they like they don't want to admit that you're going to kill them. Right. But that's really what it is. They have to tap out. And they have to say, "Okay, you're just give. Gonna, you're just going to kill me." Right. Thank you for not killing me. And then you go again. <laughs> it's the craziest game ever. It's and you, as well, you I'm get better, it. as you get I'm better at it, you understand that it's really all about focus, focus and energy, and trying to to put all the techniques together. But then once you get them all together, like once you drill them all and you get them as a part of your repertoire, then it just becomes this crazy zen thing where you don't even know what you're doing when you're doing it. While you're, like, while you're countering and attacking and everything, it's like it all, like, it all plays itself out. 
it's all it's like you drill you drill techniques to a certain point where when you're rolling they all just come out natural then it's crazy fun yeah and it's really fun it's just, and especially when you're going with another awesome guy who's memory. really good too because you're just battling back and forth and countering back and forth and battling back, and you don't even have time to think you're yeah. not thinking about your bills you're not thinking about shit no you're not thinking about you know your dog you're not thinking about your your you're tire that you need right to, now. you're you're there in that moment yeah. but like in a zen way where you're not even thinking about yourself yeah, you know, yeah, because it's so difficult. You don't have the time to the wander on your bullshit. You have to keep your eye on this guy who's trying to choke the fuck out of you. <laughs> I get you it. You know, it's. Have you been Brian? No, no. I just I. It's not, not my. I like croquet. And it's stuff. not for him. It's not. He for likes him. cats. Cats and croquet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for everybody, man. But I knew it would be for you. I'm glad you're doing it. I knew it would be for you. Totally love it, man. Loving it. Because especially when you tell me stories, uh, we went to dinner over his house, and he tells me stories about trying to jack dudes and fucking backing up into them on the highway and getting crazy. <sighs> on Venice Beach is the story I told you about. Yeah, you told me that story, too. I'm yeah. with my wife and kids going down Venice Beach, and I'm on a bike, and this other kid on a skateboard, 20 years old, we kind of bumped into each other by accident. Nobody's fault. And so we kind of untangled each other from each other, and I decided to go on my way. And as he's leaving, he's like, you know, stupid motherfucker, get out of my way next time. And he's like 20 years old. And I'm like, well, fuck you, asshole. And immediately he turns around and he's like, I challenged him, I guess, by saying that. And immediately he turns around, but he's got like four friends with him, all 20 years old. And my wife is like, Rick, what? you're such a dick for responding to that. And I'm like, well, how can I not? I mean, the kid's 20 years old. I'm 40. Does, you don't treat people like that. You, you know, in, in the but, world, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta recognize. People. I understand that, but you gotta recognize that these kids, a lot of them, have nothing to lose, That's and it. their reputation means too much. Totally, the reputation means anything. So if you're not around kids like that, if you yeah. if you challenge a kid like that, like he, a lot Especially of them in L.A., I didn't consciously fight. though do right. it. It was yeah. instinctual yeah. just to respond. Of course, man, like I'm the that. worst. I'm I'm Captain Caveman. When I get so, any issue like that, I have to fight off every that's normal my biggest natural weakness. instinct. That's my biggest weakness, actually. Is it's natural. Sometimes just it's natural. reacting instead of like responding. Yeah, it, it, legally, it's not an issue. I don't think because he's fucking with you. You know, he's starting with you and fucking. But that's not the issue. But the issue is your your health and safety. Right. Yeah, you, you, they they could stab you or hurt you. Yeah, in a situation. Well, it doesn't matter <laughs> for sure. For sure, really, not even jujitsu because you don't want to grapple with a guy like right. that. You want to fucking one two him. You want to bink. Right. Yeah. Put him to sleep and then charge at the next guy and just let him know this is how quick I can put this dude to sleep. This quick. I'm going to get you next. Yeah. And because mm -hmm. that's the last thing anybody wants is one dude knocking out everybody. So when they when if you have to attack somebody, you're better off, way better off learning how to strike. You don't want to like go, yeah, watch me pull guard, bitch. And all of a sudden you're on your back, and the, the other three dudes are fucking soccer kicking you in the That's dick. Yeah. You know, it's not the they best thing to learn. If there's a bunch of people, the best thing to have is fast fucking hands. Uh -huh. They'd be able to just light somebody up, just pop, bang. Because if you one two somebody, especially in the street, especially if they don't know how to fight, when that punch actually lands, pop, bam, and their eyes roll back in their head, they're not even going to expect a that you're going to be able to hit them that hard. B they're going to be able to do it that quick. Like most dudes have never really box they've never really been punched you know so if you can just find one dude and pop bank just put right. that dude to sleep the other guy's gonna go oh fuck this right and then you can get him to scatter but if you try to do some jujitsu they should have a movie like like the karate kid but for jujitsu like the jujitsu kid where the guy's just really good at jujitsu like this little kid could make it more like a because jujitsu martial art it's kind of weird it's, it's interesting, a real you know? <laughs> the jujitsu is a real um martial art in the sense that you can defeat a much bigger stronger right. more athletic person it's very hard to do that with striking 
Like you can, it can be done. If a guy's an elite striker and he's facing a guy who's not an elite striker that's much Dan larger. Dan Henderson, right? Elite well, striker? Well, Dan Henderson is really a wrestler. He's a very powerful striker, okay. but he's not in the line of, say, an Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva is like an elite striker. He's, okay. a, he's a guy who like really knows the intricacies of the stand-up game. Dan but, Henderson does as well, but you know he's more known as a wrestler. Because I saw him take out that British guy with a one punch. Oh, yeah. Well, he can knock Bis anybody is out it with Bisping? one punch. Yeah, he's got super power in his hands. He can knock anybody. He knocked out Vandalie Silva with one punch. He's knocked out a lot of guys with one punch. You know, but, the, but he's not known as a striker. Right. He's not known as like, you know, a technical striker. What about Chuck Liddell? Yes, he's is he a striker? striker. He's a striker, yeah. Is he fighting again? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he has I a made decision. Will. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You know, it's your time becomes up. When it's up, it's up. Yeah. You know, and it's, he had one of the greatest careers of all time. You know, I just think it's think at a certain point in time you have to be concerned about your health. You know, you have to be concerned about you know how many knockouts you take, and you know, concerned about your future. He has this fucking incredible, amazing career. The problem is, you know, you have that kind of a, a fire burning inside you. It's very difficult to turn that shit off. Mm. You know, very, 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 very difficult to turn that shit off. Those guys, like you know, they're not. They're, they're, their whole fucking system is wired for competition. Whole system is wired for combat, for the moment, for getting into that cage under the bright lights and performing. You know, their whole self-esteem is based on you know their ability to rise to a place that most men can never get to. You think they could transfer that easily though? Like start playing video games or start doing something <laughs> else. You know what I, mean? I don't think. Listen, yeah. man, I business. don't think business. we yeah. as civilians could ever possibly understand the highs that it must be when Chuck Liddell fucking throws his arm back and pushes his chest out and screams ah after he knocks people out, like after he knocked Randy Couture out. I mean, Randy Couture is one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet, and he connects, bam, and Randy goes down. That high is probably cocaine times a billion. You know, yeah, yeah. it's probably insane. It's probably he probably never feels more alive. He probably never feels more energetic, more you know fulfilled. This incredible eight week training camp, every day waking up for this one moment, and then finally it comes against one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet in front of sixteen thousand people in a fucking arena, and everybody's going crazy, and your punch connects. Yeah. <sighs> They live for that moment. Yeah, they live for it. The Iceman! <laughs> the crowd goes nutty and they strap the belt on him. And then they ask him, you know, so what's next? Anybody, I don't care. I'll fight anybody. I'll fight anybody in the world. I like to fight. <laughs> it's hard to step down from that, I think. I think that's a. That's a well, it's probably a high like you have in comedy. No. Not even close. No, comedy's more just fun. We're having a good time. But aren't it's you not, must get not a as high? Much as yes, you sure. You have fun. It's a different kind of high, though. It's, it's, um, it's not nearly as. Is crazy. It's not nearly as primal. It's more fun, enjoyable. Everybody having a positive experience together. We're all partying. We're all having a, a good time. You know, I'm telling you some comedy. You're laughing. We're we're enjoying our time together. It's all fun. Uh -huh. Fighting is much more. You know, you trying to master something. There just so happens there's an audience there watching it, but it's totally different experience. Very inward. You trying to overcome some guy's physical strengths and you know impose your will on him, impose your conditioning and your preparation on him. It's like. Way crazier. Way, different. way crazier. Comedy is like everyday normal bullshit. Like to me, I can go on stage right now. If there was a, an open mic right next door, and then you know while we're doing the podcast, somebody said, "Hey Joe, you want to do ten minutes?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll go up. Come on, I'll go up. I'll just go up and start fucking. Around. What's up? What's up? What's going on? And I'll just start doing stand up. Just going into my act. I couldn't go fight. 
You know, couldn't say, hey, do you want a cage fight in 10 minutes? <laughs> right. I'd be like, no, I need like 10 months and I got to talk to my mom. <laughs> fucking get a nutritionist, man. I got to make sure my strength and conditioning program's in order. Fuck, who am I fighting? Is he a striker, a wrestler? I got to prepare my, you know, what am I going to do? Strategy. I don't want to fight a striker. I don't want to get fucked up. You know, you, you know, it's are you gonna, way scarier. Way are scarier. you going to fight? No, no. Why not? I'm not fighting anybody because it's not healthy. Yeah, because I you must I'd love you must want to fight. You must want to fight to do it. I did a lot of competition, martial arts competition, when I was young, where I enjoyed it, but I got out of it without any like complications physically because of injuries or knockouts or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I knew people who did. I knew people had complications. I knew people who had brain damage for sure from boxing and. It's compromised how they talk. It's compromised how they can think and, and make reason, reasonable decisions. Yeah. I've met people like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with fighting. I don't think we're all, we're not going to live forever. And I think every man should be allowed to make his own decisions as to what he wants to do and how long he wants to compete and you know, how many knockouts he wants to take and how much risk he wants to put his body. It's up to you. It's your choice. Why is it, why is it that you can go and do motorcycle riding? You can run between the fucking lanes and traffic and that's okay. But you know you can't. You, a guy can't get knocked out more than three times. He can do whatever the fuck you want. But mm-hmm. for me, I think um, I think if you are going to put yourself at risk, there should be uh, an endpoint to it. And to me, it's like, what am I going to do? Am I be the best guy in the world? No. Am I going to win a couple of fights? What's that going to prove? You know. Well, you know the, the thrill of competition. Yeah. And maybe getting your fucking face broken again. You know, yeah, maybe yeah. getting. I've had my nose fixed recently, and it's fucking awesome. I love having my nose again. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. My whole life, I had a fucked up, jammed up nose. I broke my nose falling down a flight of stairs when I was five, and then I've been kicked and punched in the face. I don't know how many times my whole life. So it was all fucked. But up. It, what's it cool work. is you don't have anything to prove. You know, well, you don't need because to. you because you are tough. But because that's silly. There's a lot of people that, out there that can kick my ass. The, 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 the needing to prove thing it should all be, you know, you don't, you should, no one should need to prove anything. And if you do need to prove something to you, you need to just find out more about yourself. You know, when you need to prove something, like there's guys out there that are trying to start fights or guys that are, you know, people that have a chip on their shoulder. What they need to do is get more positive experiences in their life. Get more things where they've accomplished their emotion, where they've conquered their emotions and accomplished a goal that seemed really difficult to do. And they understand more about themselves. Uh-huh. And that's one of the things about, like, MMA fighters, like some of the best guys in the world, they're super friendly. George St. Pierre is one of the nicest people I have ever met in my life. And he's one of the baddest motherfuckers pound for pound on the planet. Insane. He's so kind and so friendly and genuine. And the reason is he doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. He proves it to himself in competition. He proves it to himself in training. He proves it to himself with discipline, forcing himself to do the hard work to become great. And he is great and recognized as great. So because of that, he's like balanced and he's like super healthy, super calm person to be around. A couple years ago, I watched him fight against that Brazilian guy, and it was a great fight. Tiago Silva, and I think or it was Tiago Alves, rather. Excuse me. Yeah, and yeah, the, the, it, it was Muay a Thai striker. Yeah, and that yeah. guy was strong. Oh yeah, and he couldn't Thiago submit him. Tiago Alves is a monster. Saint Pierre couldn't submit him. No, it was a, yeah, it went the distance. Yeah, Alves is he's a beast, but he has a problem uh, making weight. He didn't make weight for his last fight again. Rematch with John Fitch, and he he didn't look that good physically. He looked like he looked like he was a little. Um, hurt by the uh, weight cut because he's so big in real life he's supposed to fight at 170 but he walks around over 200 oh my god so he's cutting he's dehydrating himself like 30 pounds and then trying to replenish himself and it's just you're there's going to be a point of dimin- a point of like diminishing returns where you right. you cut so much weight and you dehydrate yourself so much that your performance is going to suffer yeah he's just so big he They're was giant oh these my- guys are giant for 170 they're gigantic 
he's a fucking bull of a man. Oh. You know, he's just got to lose some weight. He's got to lose some muscle. He's got too much. What's so funny? He's a bull of a man. That's what he is. That's he's bananas. like a bull. He is a bull. <laughs> what would you call him? The, the raw rhino? power. What would you call him? I'm very nice gentleman. A nice gentleman? Yeah, he's a nice gentleman of flavor of muscles. I saw this picture of a chimp carrying fruit. It was an old female chimp, and she had fruit in her hands and fruit in her feet, and she's like carrying like these things, and she's like flexing. And I looked, and I'm like, holy fuck. Have you ever seen like a full-grown male chimpanzee or female chimpanzee, full-grown how big their fucking arms are? Totally. Holy shit, that's scary. Just muscle Gigantic. Killer? Her arms were gigantic. And they're that crazy, sinewy chimp muscle, too, which is huh. nothing like human muscle. Huh. It's a fucking trippy photograph when you realize that chimp could just beat the fuck out of you. Remember that one Anytime that she wants. It ate that girl's face off? Yeah. That was brutal, we'll man. talk about chimps every week. We my help my friend uh, went to Sturgis, this motorcycle rally, Joe. Yeah. And the whole time she's there, uh, I think like four or five people died in, within like two days. And the guys, the people at the thing say, you know, this happens every year. People die like almost every day. And the last day she was there, uh, this guy was doing the where they rev up the, the engines really fast or whatever. It's called, I forget what it's called, but it's like they're just revving up their engines really fast. Something happened and his motorcycle blew up and he got decapitated. Something flew out of his engine decapitated. Oh, shit, yeah. son. Now, and you know what I'm thinking? This is how dangerous motorcycles are. Fucking, how many people die at this like motorcycle thing? But yet there was a car show for you know every day for the last 50 years in Burbank and no one's ever died at a car well, show. Well, the thing about those <laughs> motorcycle shows is that a lot of those dudes they get crazy and they want to show off for each other. Right. They start they start standing on their bikes. You ever seen guys surf with their motorcycle? Yeah. yeah. There was this old dude who was a motorcycle maker. I forget his name. He's a famous guy, but he was famous for being able to ride his motorcycle like a surfboard. So he'd get that bitch on the highway, level it out, straighten riding. it out, and then stand on top of it. And he was oh. fucking standing it, and it he fell. Oh, yeah. oh. He fell, and that's a wrap, son. What's that you called? Ghost Deserve what you get when you're doing that. Well, crowd. no helmet too. Yeah. Oh, no helmet. Yeah. Excuse me. So stupid. So he's just living out there on the edge, and he just lost it. And maybe that's the way he wanted to go. You know, who knows? I mean, and, you know, everybody kind of, like, recognized it. People didn't make fun of him and say, oh, you fucking idiot. That's what you deserved. Uh Everybody said, hey, he died doing what he loved. I guess. Okay. I mean, what you know, really, realistically, what are you going to live forever? You I know? think those, those new, Why new not motorcycles like that? that look like snowmobiles. Oh, almost, yeah. Those There's, things are crazy looking. What, is Have it one in, one in the rear and two in the front? Is that what it, it is? Uh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird looking. It oh, looks yeah. like a snowmobile. Yeah, have you seen that? I've seen that. It's supposed to be wicked fast, too. Yeah. yeah you see that aerial Adam? Have you ever seen that thing? Mm-mm. It's like a car. You ever seen it? 